Quest Gaming Network presents Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Welcome to another amazing, stupendous, wonderful episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record, a Quest Gaming Network production available for download on the iTunes, the Stitcher Radio, and QuestGamingNetwork.com. Sorry, I'll never sing again. Uh, today's recording is Mordendoss Reigns Ham the 13th, and I am your host, and oh god, jeez, I thought I'd be rid of this because Liz isn't here today. <laughs> Uh, your host and feral fellow Tamrielic Traveler and Goat Lover and lead vocals for Almalexia and the Mud Crabs. <laughs> Almalexia and the Mud Crabs! <laughs> he didn't even make it two minutes before he broke his own rule. Evarwin! <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Um, that's, that's awesome. Um, Liz, unfortunately, is not here today. She's not feeling so hot. Hopefully she's in the chat room saying hi. She's got the... She's got the flu. Russian plague. The influenza, yeah. Um, the droops. The droops. But uh, that that gentleman right over there, my wonderful co-hosts are here. We've got uh, the one and only uh, Rob Rage Philosophy. He gets he gets mad, but it's okay because deep down, he's cute and cuddly. And now he'll eat your face. You bet I will eat your face, and that is not because of the meat mandate. This is totally of my own volition. <laughs> and, uh, and then, oh, let me get it. <clears throat> From the depths of the swirling chasm of forbidden cosmic knowledge, and the Mundus, he comes forth, bringing deeper understanding and stuff. Mike, the Tamrielic That's historian. Right. And stuff. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Mike? I'm doing good tonight. I hope everybody else is. Hopefully, uh, y'all enjoyed uh, really nice weather that uh, the Northeast has had today. 86 degrees. We went from February to August overnight. Mm. So, uh, you know. So, hopefully, everybody else is doing good, too. But it's a soggy heat. Well, it's always soggy heat in New York. Makes it uh, Humidity at, you know, 85% year-round. Oh, yeah. That's actually true. Um, and And... Our our wonderful uh, guest host tonight, um, last of his kind, like a world-renowned sage, dispensing mind-bending knowledge of Nern from a place most gamers do not understand and have never dared to travel the back end. Mark the Sonaris! <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I swear I have not at, I did not have Mike spend, send uh, vials of the Spanish flu to Liz in order to sk- steal her spot. I don't know why people keep saying that. <laughs> I don't work for the CDC. Yes, I am in biology, but not the CDC. So, don't worry about me mistakenly sending you the wrong thing. 
Well, well, well. Here we are, and we just want to thank our our wonderful uh, our wonderful sponsors. You know them, we know them, we all love them too. Uh, number one on that list is Tweaked Audio, TweakedAudio.com, the purveyors, the merchants, the traveling merchants of some quality headphones uh, with with uh, fantastic uh, Tweaked Audio headphones. All right, they'll ship them to you for free, thirty percent off with our code off the record. Buy them and stuff; it'll be awesome. And then Audible, audibletrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network. Hey, you know what? That's a link. You're going to need that in order to get your free uh, free audiobook at Audible, audibletrial.com slash Quest Gaming Network. You spell that using the, uh, the A-U-D-I-B-L-E buttons on your keyboard. Uh, we'd appreciate it if you downloaded an audiobook today with that link because uh, that's cool. It's real cool. Yeah. Probably the worst ever in the history of advertisements. Yeah, this is what happens when Liz isn't here. She does our advertisements. Yeah. Um, Five-star reviewers. We didn't get any this week. No one loves us this week on iTunes. It's kind of sad. No one to shout out. We didn't get any one-star reviews, though, so I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, We had a pretty average week then. Yeah, we did. Um, So no no five-star reviewers, unfortunately. Oh, well. But anyway... Uh, Rob, why don't you uh, take the ridiculous spotlight away from me and let everyone know what we're doing today. We're having a podcast. Oh, wait, I used that last week. Today, we're going to be talking about Skyrim. This is a Skyrim-themed show. I am very excited for it. Uh, So that's what our weekend game is going to include. Uh, But do not fret for those of you that uh, haven't gone back into Fourth Era Tamriel. Uh, We do have some uh, discussion topics uh, regarding some Elder Scrolls Online, Uh, some new features that are coming. Uh, Also, Bethesda features the YouTuber Morrowind Modding Showcases. Uh, Zoss announces limited time mount and new crown store items mixed response from community follows uh and finally elder scrolls uh soundtracks collectively hits top 300 of fm hall of fame Mm. that is awesome plus we do have a rage of the week somewhere in here your tweets and or emails so stay tuned stay tuned uh so he's getting mad already He's been mad all day. Just the mention Anybody of it. Who follows his tweets, you know that he's been mad all day. <laughs> when I left work, my phone was at fifteen percent. That's never happened before, and it's a new phone. <laughs> well, um, there you go. <laughs> and of course, welcome to our our wonderful chat room. Uh, there they are here as well. Uh, before we get things kicked off, you know, we like to mention some things very briefly, very quickly. Mike, what's the first thing we've got today? So the first thing this Friday, April the 17th, uh, can't even be like Sunday, 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 um, from eight to 10 PM Eastern daylight time will be streaming and, and hosted by Zoss. Uh, for their Welcome Back Tamriel event. So you've been seeing the advertisements. You know, if you were in beta, they want you to come back and play. Uh, this special stream is dedicated to welcoming back those who beta tested but did not purchase ESO a year ago. Uh, so come join us on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Network, all one word, as we help Zoss welcome back new players to Tamriel. And, uh, they're estimating it could be up to five million people that will be on the server this year, this weekend. Oh, wonderful. oh nice! Jeez. I'll be playing Morrowind. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Um, hopefully, I can I can get off of uh, of work that uh, that Friday night so we can we can do the stream. But uh, but if not, we are still doing the stream. Don't worry if I'm not there. We'll we'll still have a thing going. And um, poor Liz is in the chat room and saying that we we kicked her we kicked her off the one show we're actually talking a lot about Skyrim. You believe this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's there going. Ah, yeah. And she says we kicked her off. Yeah, we kicked her off. Poor, not poor not Liz. the Spanish flu that I had Mike center. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Liz. We miss you. We do miss you. Um. All right, Rob. What else we got going on before we get into the gameplay? A new contest hey! has been announced for artistic fans of Elder Scrolls Online called Collectible Creatures Fan Art Contest. Just create a drawing of your favorite pet slash mount from ESO and send it to community at com. Entries will be accepted from Friday, April 10th to Sunday, May 3rd at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The ESO art team will review the entries and then select their favorites. The prizes are really impressive, including a Wacom Intuos Medium tablet, which I have no idea what that is. I think you if said that right. Uh, I, 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 I did my best. I did my best. Uh, the, the Kenneth tablet. Um, if, if you're interested, we suggest you check theelderscrollsonline.com for an official list of prizes and rules. Good These luck. kind of things where, you know, you plug it into your computer and draw on it. Wait, Mike, how did you how, how do you have one of those things? You just like whip that. I didn't even know what the yeah. hell a, a, a Waka Maka in, in Tuta Waka in, in medium tablota is. And you just whip that thing <laughs> out of your back pocket like I got one, guys. Yeah, it's uh, sitting here because this is like when the computer's not set up for like playing games and podcasting. This is where I do a lot of the artwork. So like I've got an easel back behind me. Yeah, I've got paints over here on the side, and, you know, because, you know, I'm trying to get into digital art, too, I also have my own little tablet that sits over there, and I plug it into the computer sometimes. Uh, you're, you, were, you were Da Vinci, weren't you, in a past life? Like, that's... I think so. I mean, when you look at, like, you know, what he did and, you know, the kind of concepts, you know, the art, the science, the engineering, you know... Yeah, I think you were. I, I think I think that's that's exactly what happened. <laughs> are you part of the Illuminati too? <laughs> no, <laughs> liar. <laughs> that's just what the Illuminati would say. Exactly, Mark's right. <laughs> All I, right, taking that quiz. You know, the one that you know kept telling Mark that he was an Altmer. It said I wasn't an Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've uh, we've got your gameplay from Skyrim right after this. That just that just sounds like fun. All of that random medieval violence and awesome score soundtrack just sounds like fun. That is a good one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, since since you're our guest and uh, we haven't heard from you a whole heck of a lot yet, uh, why don't you lead us off? What did what did uh, I, and I know this is kind of like last minute. You know, we I got a text message from Liz um, yesterday saying that she she was really sick. She had the flu, and you know, um, 
I asked you earlier today if you if you could jump on. We had this whole thing, this the Skyrim gameplay episode planned out for nearly a week, and um, so I'm not sure if you've got any gameplay from from Skyrim. Um, but if you do, that'd be wonderful. I've got a little bit in. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, for the first time in um, years, I've decided to make a a real serious Khajiit character. Oh. Um, well, again, like my very first character in Daggerfall was a Khajiit. And then Redguard and Morrowind come out, and they completely change everything about them. And what they changed was cool, but it was kind of hard to get back into them, you know? So I decided, okay, I'm going to try something new. And I decided I'm going to make a Khajiit character. And well, I what, downloaded... What sorry, about go ahead. what about the, the Khajiit change that you disapproved of? It, it was less that I disapproved of it. It's just, in my head, you end up... You, you spend so much time with a character... And there's, there's, you know, Daggerfall had really nothing about the different races. Uh, the most you had for the Khajiit was that they, legend, legend, says that they are descended from the great cats of, uh, uh, of uh, elsewhere. So, you know, in your head you get sort of a, a canon as to how the guy's history, you know, his childhood was. You yeah, know, you just that in the beginning know. of the character creation screen. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So, all of a sudden... You know, uh, Redguard comes out and it's like, what, 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 what's that fuzzy thing? Wait, oh, oh okay, so now they, they had changed, you know, there's different forms of them. Okay, that's, that's fine. I can, I can deal with that. Morrowind comes out. They only have the, uh, the full, you know, cat folk looking ones. It's like, I, I'm having difficulty getting into that. I just, I couldn't, I don't know. It was just sort of this disconnect that, that they were cool. But this wasn't the Khajiit that I had spent so much effort enjoying. Right, because in Daggerfall, they were humanoid, right? The ones in Daggerfall are humanoid, and they basically look like humans with tails. You know, they're humans with tails, and they put, like, tattoo on their face to, like, claw marks or stripes or, you know, that type of stuff. Um, And then, of course, we go over to Morrowind and Redguard, where now they're full-on cat people with fur and everything. So the idea that legend says they're descended, uh, that kind of went out the window. Yeah. Um, and just, again, it was just, it was so different. That it was like, ah, I, I'm not really enjoying it as much because I keep getting this disconnect between what I had enjoyed about my previous character and all my own head stuff. Um, and I'm getting uh, confirmed Mark has no imagination <laughs> in the chat. I've got imagination. <laughs> it's just, you know, it was, it's just preference. And so that's, that's Cliffy. He has no filter. Don't mind him. Okay. <laughs> so you know, I just decided. You know, I I, fe- I you know, started playing Imperials and really enjoying that, and I kind of stuck with them for quite a while. Um, and eventually, you know, I just decided. You know what? I'll I'll try doing a Khajiit again. I do enjoy the race. I like the lore behind it. You know, it's been years. Let's let's try something different. So put together this Khajiit character, and I've got this um, this mod that I've been trying out called be a Bar- uh, Become a Bard or Be a Bard or something like that. Oh, which yeah, really I remember that. Mod. Yeah. Yeah. So basically I've made – I ended and in a way I sort of ended up doing the challenge from last week, which was just uh, fart around in, in one of these games and, do not, you know, just spend time in it. So I just spent a couple of hours walking this character around Skyrim – um, exploring a bit and going to the different uh, inns and playing, uh, you know. And do just, you 
do you have to go to the Bard's College in in Solitude? No, no. All you have to do is have one of the with that particular mod. You just have to have like a lute or a flute or a set of drums in your inventory. Yeah, and then you're actually able to start playing the different Bard songs. That's pretty cool. But um, if you want to sing though, or play any of the particular tunes from the game, then you have to go to the Bard's College first to buy them. Yeah, uh, but I, I was happy because the um, there's one particular song in in Skyrim which it goes like da 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 anyway sorry it's it's a very <laughs> slow loot tune okay um but it's actually a song that was used in arena and daggerfall and i think also shows up in oblivion somewhere uh wait hold on uh, hold on i think i know exactly what you're talking about you keep going i think i can queue it up are you gonna it. go find that 8-bit <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure i've got it up the 8-bit on my phone <laughs> is it this one no, no, that's not it. Just okay. a second. I, uh, <laughs> All right. He only remembers the 8-bit version, so. <laughs> <laughs> Name that tune. Name that tune here on Elder Scrolls Off the Record. Yeah, well, and basically that was sort of, um, just, just a second. I think I, I'm pretty sure I've got it on my phone here. Think you might have it? Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested in checking this out. Yeah, here it is. This is this is the original version. I use it as a a ringtone. Okay. I don't know if you can hear that. Yeah, we can. <laughs> yeah, Mark, we can hear that. <laughs> okay, Mark. <laughs> Mark, we got it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we got it, Mark. Thanks. Okay. Uh, okay, so, you can turn that off now, Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Need so, more tambourine. <laughs> so, yeah, basically this thing, I heard it so much in Daggerfall that even years later, I could just instantly bring the entire tune to mind. So when I first started playing Skyrim, I'm playing for uh, maybe, I've been playing for a couple of weeks, and just I'm in and out of taverns, I'm doing my thing, and all of a sudden... Um, I'm doing something in one of the taverns, talking to one of the NPCs, get whatever I need, and I'm leaving, and all of a sudden I hear one of the bards is playing this very slow song, and just something about it clicks with me, and I'm like, wait a second, pause, listen to it. And it's that song, just made very slow and very, you know, uh, <laughs> very not 8-bit. And now, it's just... I think, like... A number of episodes back, Avarwin had a uh, there was a challenge, like a name that tune challenge, and I think that was it. Yeah, that 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 that, that is that absolutely exact song. Yeah, yeah that's there you yeah. go. Minus the tambourine, <laughs> yeah, and the, no, and the that, eight bit. That's not it. That's not it though. Very similar. <laughs> it's similar, but no, there's there's a specific one the bards will play that is literally that. You gotta admit though, it's still very pleasant. Oh no, it's yeah. a, that's you know, it's, one, it's Skyrim's music. It's great music. Um, Mark, know, that's kind of grating but catchy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> did uh, did you did you get a chance to do any of the uh, the activity activities that we did last week at all? Uh, I believe that one of the activities was just don't just waste time for twenty minutes. Yeah, that was a really popular one actually. <laughs> yeah, and basically the. the that was that was kind of it. It was just like I want to go around and play the same songs in the same taverns over and over again. How did uh... <laughs> oh, that's what you did? 
Yeah, I just I just That's had awesome. a blast with it. I mean, it was fun to to play the Khajiit, you know, play this bard character traveling along and running from wolves that kept chasing her. <laughs> that's that's pretty amazing. Did did you level up at all with with that? A, a little bit. Um, just mostly trying to sneak away from things and eating whatever I found on the side of the road. You know, leveling. You know, leveling <laughs> my. Uh... Oh look, purple flowers. Tundra cotton. Nom nom nom. Ah. Human hearts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else, Mark? Uh no, just um doing doing stuff with that. I mean, um classic we talked about uh you know, the Red Guard stuff and how that's going and so you know, anyone who who's interested in more Red Guard, I'm play uh ten PM Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, uh, I'm streaming again. So yeah. Very nice. And that's gonna be what, your your tenth episode? The eleventh actually. Ah. Yeah. All right. Getting getting near the end of it. Okay. Yeah. Um that's that's uh that's exciting. I know a lot of people have been enjoying that too, the uh the Red Guard streams. Those are fun. Yeah, for those that don't know, Mark can't go back and play it with a different character. You're stuck with Cyrus the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> but Cyrus has a great voice. He Other does. characters in the game not so much. Right. But... Could you imagine if you could run around playing as Erasmo? Oh god. <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> Scooting around in his little Dwemer wheelchair, just oh god! You're like Professor X the entire time, <laughs> zapping people with telepathy. And what do they call you, Wheels? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. What about you? What'd you do in uh, in Skyrim this week? Uh, so this week was jam packed uh, with stuff. Um, so I've been spending a lot of time. I've talked about my Breton thief character uh, a couple of times. Uh, and I've gotten through the main quest where you return the skeleton key and all that kind of stuff. And I've been trying to do the um, the do the five quest and get the special job for each of the uh, different um, keeps. And so uh, I did the Markarth special job, which is called Silver Lining, where you have to go to Markarth and talk to uh, Endon, and he's going to send you out to Pine Watch, the cabin out by um, where you can build your house in uh, Falkreath, mm-hmm. and uh, you're going out there to find this special Bosmeri silver mold that uh, he had shipped from Valenwood via Khajiit trader caravan that got robbed, and so you go through all of Pine Watch to get this in the end. Um, and once you do complete it, uh, he becomes your fence in the reach. Um, on top of that, I've been doing uh, a mod that uh, I think we're going to talk a little bit about uh, when we get to the crafting table. Ah, very uh, cool. As uh, the rest of my Skyrim playthrough. So uh, we'll come back to that uh, when we get to the crafting table. Sure. Now, now, what about um, <clears throat> what about your activity for the uh, for the week? Which one did you pick? So I decided to join a great house, and uh, I oh. chose to join the house Halu in Belfoyen. Uh, so on my Morrowind playthrough, uh, the first quest is to infiltrate uh, the house Redoran and steal some plants. So you gotta. Put on this um, uh, Chitin helmet, and you go in, and you give them the password, and they give you these plans, and you bring them back. Uh, and that was, you know, pretty cool because, like, as soon as I got off the Silt Strider, it was just storming. And anybody who's not played Morrowind is really missing out on the environmental aspects of these games. Um, you know, Skyrim, you get the blizzards. Uh, Oblivion is very calm comparatively, though. 
And ESO, like, there's, like, almost no weather. I mean, you hear the thunder in the distance and stuff, but this was, like, blinding sandstorm that happens. And um, it really emphasizes why you need to have the headgear in this game. Um, so that was really cool. And then the second quest, uh, you have to go to Vivek and steal some formulas uh, from this woman who runs a shop there. And that was pretty cool. Now, what, uh, let me ask you this. Um, now, isn't, isn't Lalu the, uh, the, the great house... Can we name all the great houses? Can we do that? It's it's Lalu, right? Telvani. Yep. What are Lalu, the other? Telvani. Indoril, uh, Redoran. Uh huh. Indoril, yep. Redoran. And then Drez. Drez. Yep. Okay. And and of those five, four are are joinable, right? You can't join three. House Drez. You can three, only join yeah. three. And Indoril, you can't join Drez, either. You can't join. Yep. Which really sucks because I named my character Indoril. Uh, uh, I can't even remember his the rest of his name, but his you know first name or surname or family name is Indra, and I had to join Halu. So, and that's that's the one that sort of allies itself a little bit more with um, with thieves, right? Yes, and this yeah. that's what I'm playing with this character, is a thief, and he's the character who I said yesterday had just joined uh, the Morag Tong too. Mm. So... Okay. Uh, the only thing, though, is like, you know, every game has a fetch quest. This one, I think, has probably the stupidest fetch quest I've ever come across. Uh, because while you're in Vivek, um, they tell you, oh, go see this other business partner of House Halu. She might have work for you. And it's all side quest type of fetch quest stuff. And she told she, you to go collect 10 guar butts? Yeah. You know, <laughs> this one, though, is, you know, she wants you to play the mailman, the delivery guy, the, you know, our favorite uh, courier there. Uh, and she asks you to go and deliver this to the treasury. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, you know, do I have to go all the way back to Belfoyan? Yeah, and I'm reading through, and I'm trying to figure it out. Oh, no, the treasury's in Vivek, probably 50 feet from her door. I'm like, you couldn't just walk it down the hallway yourself? <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, maybe it's because I'm going to get attacked along the way, you know, squad of assassins or something. Oh, no, I walk it down the hall, open the door, and the guy's standing right there and says, oh, here you go. You know, take this back to her. I'm like, what a lazy, you know bunch of people you are that was back when fetch quests were a brand new thing and and people didn't realize that the the whole you know uh take this and bring it you know 20 feet away to that guy over there would would be would be stupid (laughs) To, to be fair it is trying to navigate through vivek even if it's you know, 50 feet in a straight line, they can't take that risk that they're going to have to navigate through Vivek. Can yeah, I- they might fall off the bridge or, you know, fall down the, the, the sewer or something, but... Where are the stairs? I can't get off this canton! What the but hell? I- what the hell with Vivek? Why was it... It looks like it was it was built by that guy who's... It, honestly, it, 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 honestly, it looks like the in-game version of the Winchester house. I mean, you've, you've <laughs> got stairways that seemingly lead to nowhere. I mean, it's just nuts. There's times where I just jump off the side into the into the ocean or the water <laughs> yes, or whatever. I do that too. Just because I'm like, yeah. that's it. You know, I'm not going to try and find the bridge two stories <laughs> down. Just jump right off. <laughs> just just take it. And you know, the guards like, you know, just go, bro. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how I got here to be honest. <laughs> just something about the scenery of Vivek when I first started playing that it reminded me of the 1984 uh, David Lynch Dune. Just like, just like the art about it, that that's what rang out. Just like very dark, um, like everything was just trapezoidal, and yeah. uh, it was just like this place is extremely confusing, uh, <laughs> and it's almost like a, like a really creepy, like gothic science fiction, like 
spaceship just here in this fantasy world. Yeah, dropped down in the middle of the world. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. very it's very alien. It really yeah, it is. is. So what else, Mike? Um, so uh, I did a little bit in ESO, so uh, I completed the River Inspire Zone, and big spoiler, uh, I supported the Countess uh, to become the Queen of River Inspire, so... That I thought was a really cool quest line there, and I, as we got towards the end, I actually got nervous as like non-player characters were being held hostage and you know possibly vampire bait, and I'm like, oh, please don't kill them off, you know. Yeah, no, that's my favorite quest line, you know, quest zone quest line in the entire game. It's just, it's so well done. Yeah, that, it was so good. Uh, so now I'm off to Alakir Desert, so we'll see if I like the desert or not. Um, All right. And then uh, I posted yesterday my newest uh, painting. I actually posted it of my character, Madriel. Uh, it's on Twitter, Tumblr, my DeviantArt page. Uh, so go check it out. Cool. Um, all right. So, so Rob, what about you? What have you been doing in in, uh, in Skyrim? Uh, Rob, you're muted, just so you know. <laughs> it was bound to happen sooner or later. It was bound to happen sooner or later. Absolutely. But uh, now, where I had left off from uh, my previous uh, challenge of getting the uh, the ebony mail, um, I had ended up uh, leaving Solitude and making my way back over to um, uh, Dawnstar. I think it was Dawnstar. Yeah. Um, and I decided to do the um, the quest to. Like, pretty much the Dawn Guard quest. I had already picked it up before, but I was at that point where I needed to go get Serana. Um, <laughs> I heard that reforming the Dawn Guard. <laughs> <laughs> East Ron will like you. <laughs> but, like, so I go up and I, uh, and I do the quest to get Serana. And I had forgotten just how irritating she is. Um, and I had mentioned before that, uh, I, that, I had killed Lydia so many times with arrows to the back of her head because uh, she keeps getting in the way. Well, Serana's just like she's just like that. Only she can't die. She's tagged as an essential character, so she can't die. Um, but for this particular playthrough, I'm, I'm not using a bow and arrow or, or crossbow. I'm actually uh, using my my favorite build for Skyrim, which is the uh, one hand and spell. Uh, particularly ice spells, since uh, I'm a I'm a vampire, and um, Saran ended up uh, with a lot of ice spikes in the back of her head. Well, uh, you, yeah, that's that <laughs> usually happens with Serana. <laughs> now, do you do you normally do you normally run with a uh, with a vampire in Skyrim? Uh, a lot of times I do. I, I actually really enjoy playing a vampire in Skyrim, but that being said. That's mainly because of uh, a mod that I use, um, which I don't think we featured it on the show yet, but I'd like to at some point, but I'll just mention it. It's uh, Better Vampires. Uh, I talked about it last week, and what it ultimately does is I I never liked the whole um, style of vampire play in Elder Scrolls, where the longer you go without feeding, the more powerful you become. It just never made sense to me, just like my mind and vampires and all that. So this mod allows me to switch that so that you start out, if you're 
well fed, then you are powerful. And if you don't feed, then your power gradually diminishes. So that's how I, I typically like to play. It keeps it, um, it keeps it fresh for me because then you actually have to go and feed in order to, um, keep from suffering penalties. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, that's what I like to do. And, um, and plus like this mod makes it so much more fun. It, It adds a lot of little mechanics to it, but I digress. Um, so I pick up Serana and I decide that I'm just going to go on this massive walkabout. Um, but this, this massive walkabout in Dawnstar came, uh, or what started in Dawnstar, um, after I decided to do one of, uh, of the challenges, well, I actually did the same challenge just in two games. Uh, I decided to be extremely unproductive in Skyrim for 45 minutes. Okay. Uh, and it was actually a lot of fun because uh, I did a lot of uh, people watching. And really? Yeah, just watching the people mill about in Dawnstar is actually somewhat entertaining. Because um, like, when you first get there, you have um, uh, there's a little bickering that goes on between... Um, uh, she's one of the targets for the uh, Dark Brotherhood. A couple of the shop owners, yeah. They, they do, they do kind of have a, an interchange going back and forth. Yeah, yeah, and uh, like just just listening, you end up picking up on a lot of these conversations that you never really would have picked up on. I mean, everybody knows about the conversations that go on in White Runs. Like everybody knows White Run. Yeah, um, of course. But like you go you go to some obscure place like Dawnstar where there's maybe two or three quests to do that there's really not a whole lot to do. I really uh, don't understand. I mean, in regards to Dawnstar. You know why? Why is Dawnstar made to? I mean, it's got a huge, huge icon on the map. You know why is Dawnstar made to to appear to be like a like a large sort of um, a large village or city, and, and you've got places that are that are don't really have that kind of a, an icon on the map, like Rorikstead, which is you know bigger and there's more things to do as well. Right. I mean, like, well, if you look it, at it's the hold key, um, yeah, the hold capital and. And at one time was the capital of Skyrim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now it's you know, yeah, just but like it's the same. It's concept a hut. as Falkreath, though. Right, it's like just a tiny little fishing village. But I mean, it's you know, it's is a you know charming you know village because like it's right at that that part of Skyrim where you have the winter esque scene, yeah. and, and that's what I really like. Like you know, that's this one of the uh, scenery that that I just uh, I, I just absolutely love in games is, is snowy environments. Uh, so, so Skyrim was like perfect game for me. Uh, and I, I really just, I didn't particularly choose Dawnstar for this reason. I just happened to be there, uh, cause I had just gotten Serana and, uh, it was interesting just to li- uh, listen to some of the conversations as people pass by. Of course I had a couple arrow in the knee statements and, um, you know, but once I was done milling about for about 45 minutes without doing anything and listening to Serana complain about the bleak weather and all that, I decided to start moving on with my walkabout. And I started heading south, uh, went through um, uh, Windhelm. And I really didn't do much in Windhelm, but I started to make my way back towards Solitude. Because after a while, Serana just really started to bug me. <laughs> Okay. So I figured, all right, I'm taking you back to daddy and getting you away from me. 
because uh, you can't get rid of her until you do that that quest. So I'm taking her back to solitude, but I'm I'm actually forcing myself to not fast travel. So I'm going to walk her and her obnoxious butt. Did you get in any encounters uh, in, in that 45 minutes you were walking around? Did you see anything interesting out there? Did you pick up any books? Had a, had a dragon attack. That was interesting. Oh, okay. All right. How yeah. did that go? Um, it, it went pretty well. Uh, I was afraid that a lot of the NPCs in Dawnstar, because it's not very well protected. Um, uh, I thought some of those NPCs were, uh, were toast, literally. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Unfortunately, I'd forgotten about another add-on I have called, uh, I think it's Run For Your Lives, uh, that actually makes all those uh, those NPCs that are shop owners and the non-combat type uh, NPCs will actually run whenever there's a dragon attack. Uh, so, like, they hide you know, in their basements. Yeah, so that way you don't have the kids, you know, you don't, you don't have the kids and the, uh, um, you know, just like the, like the shopkeepers are out there trying to fight this dragon with their fists. <laughs> so, uh, so they actually run, and it was actually a pretty fun fight because the thing just would not land. Um, and I don't know how many uh, listeners we have that uh, are, are good at shooting, um, uh, good at shooting dragons with bows and arrows. You ever try hitting one with a nice spike? Because that's what I'm using. I'm using all all frost spells. Yeah, it's pretty damn impossible when they're flying and above you. It's like, yeah, oh, man. E- is much easier than the ice spikes or yeah. a fireball or any of those magics. Yeah, because the arrows travel so much faster, so you have to lead the dragon so much more. But man, Plus like, cast time and everything yeah, else, yeah. Cast time and all that, and, you know, like, you cast it, and you got to pull it up and, uh, you know, and, and let it go. And when you miss, it's like the worst feeling ever. And when it finally lands, that's when I'm like, all right, finally, and I, I can pull out the one-handed weapon and just start going to town on it. Um, so that, that made life interesting. All right. No, um, no one's talking about builds though. Do you notice that? I mean, we're not, I'm not getting any, any good stuff on, on your builds guys. I mean, Oh, okay. Rob, tell me about your build. Just, you know, just a little bit. Okay. Uh, well, th- this is, uh, pretty much my, my flavor, uh, or my preferred flavor of, of build. Uh, like I said, one handed and spell, mm-hmm. um, Using light armor, and well, I guess that would be medium armor for those still playing ESO. Um, so, uh, very nimble type class. Um, no, no heavy armor at all. Uh, no cloth. Um, kind of like a rogue. Um, you know, very sneaky. What kind of mu- it- what kind of magic are you getting into? Is it just destruction? I'm using uh, Frost Destruction, and I'm also taking some Alteration as well as Illusion, because uh, I figured that Illusion suited a vampire very yeah. well. What sort uh, of Alteration I'm, spells you, are you grabbing up? Uh, basically, like, the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, the skin spells, like Stone Skin, yeah. uh, Oak Skin, uh, trying to work my way up to Dragon Skin. What level did you get uh, uh, your character up to? I think I just hit 32. Now, with those skins, aren't they supposed to be used on, like, uh, no armor? Like, if you're wearing robes. Like, as soon as you put armor on, like, it really diminishes their their effectiveness. Not necessarily. Uh, there's the, there's a couple perks in the uh, in the trees that it boosts the, uh, I guess, the, the, the strength of the spell. But it has to be, uh, like, you have to be wearing no armor-granting clothing whatsoever. Um so for me, I'm 
I'm not really looking at that. I like playing an armored character. So even though it's not giving me the bi- the biggest benefit, uh, I still like using it. Uh, plus it boosts my alteration because I like taking things like water walking, water breathing. Um, even though as a vampire, I can breathe underwater anyway. Um, but I also like the... Um, I also like the Mage Light spells, and Alteration just has uh, a bunch of little uh, unique support spells that uh, end up just being fun. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree to that for sure. Um, Have you picked up uh, Spells of the Third Era? I haven't picked up that, no, but I, I do have uh, I do have a couple of. Um, uh, of spell mods that, that I have installed. So one of the things in Spells of the Third Era brings you into the Morrowind spells and the uh, Oblivion spells. And the big one that I use is Ease Burden. So it gives you extra carry weight. Uh, see, I do have a spell like that. Um, I can't remember what mod it's from. But what it does is uh, it's actually a concentration spell or I guess like a channeling spell where you have to constantly cast it and as long as you're casting it, it adds, I think, 50 carry. Uh, but what that means is that if you're overburdened, you have to constantly cast this thing just in order to move. So if you get attacked, then you're going to be moving really, really slow. So that's kind of one of those fun little like role play things where uh, you, know, you, you kind of have to be careful about how much crap you end up picking up. But <laughs> I, I, I love these spell mods. All right, uh, Rob, anything else? Not really. Uh, I've made my way to Morthal and did the vampire quest there, which I actually felt was kind of roleplay um, important because as a vampire, uh, I thought it was kind of uh, interesting, more or less of like uh, a rival. Uh, so like, I, you know, I kind of, I, I always like that quest too, kind of tugs at the heartstrings a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had to do that one. You know, I had to do it, but uh, other than that, I'm I'm trying to make my way to Solitude so I can give Serana back to Daddy um, and continue on with my undeath. <laughs> All right. Uh, so so um, with my my Skyrim uh, playthrough, with um, I, I did one of the activities as well, and uh, I chose to to run around for 45 minutes and do absolutely nothing. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I had. Um, I got a couple of characters I'm going, I'm using right now in Skyrim. Um, one is, one is Janessa, um, who I decided not to use for this because she's in the middle of the Thieves Guild quest. The other is, uh, my, my rebooted, uh, Paladin Ivarwin, uh, which I, I didn't want to use this either because, um, I think he's in the middle of the Dovahkiin quest chain. I didn't feel like breaking from that either. So I actually created a brand new character. Um, she's a, a Red Guard female. Uh, wearing heavy armor and using a two-handed weapon, which I'm favoring the uh, the two-handed sword, and uh, I got her up to level five. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, now I started her. I mean, I, you know, I I uh, I started her a little while ago, and I thought she'd be perfect for this because she's she's brand new, and I figured, hey, why not explore a little bit of the world? And it's only 45 minutes to an hour, so why not? Um. So I started her off with this, uh, walking out of, out of Bleak Falls Barrow. And, um, I, I, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you either go north or, or south. And you, you know what's in every one of those directions. But I figured, 
Let me let me head south, and I made my way over to uh, Brittleshin Pass, which is the the cave that takes you through the mountain range into um, White White Run Hold. So I ran through there, and I was pitted against a necromancer who was uh, throwing these ice spells at me. Uh, so I made pretty quick work of him after toying around with him for a little while. <laughs> it was like hiding behind a, a, a cave wall and he'd be throwing these ice spells at me and I'd, I'd peek my head out and, and then jump back in. And <laughs> I was trying to get him to like run over to me, but he wasn't, he wasn't taking the bait. So I just ran over to him with my, my two handed sword and knocked him around a couple of times and, uh, eventually got him. Um, I'm, and there's a chest right behind him and there was like some pretty, some pretty cool weapons and I ended up grabbing those and disenchanting them. So I guess I'm starting disen, I guess I'm starting the uh, enchanting as well with, with this character as, as well as, um, blacksmithing. Uh, so then let's see what else happened during this. Um, so Are you I made- going to RP this character. Like, uh, nah. there's the quest lines there with, uh. You know, uh, the the guys that come into White Run to find uh, the missing um, Red Guard woman. I'll eventually do that and be her champion. Yeah, no, I'll I'll eventually do that. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I I always I always protect that woman. There's um, there's there's a um, what do you call it? Uh, um, one of those incidents where um, you'll see these two Red Guard guys uh, accosting a Red Guard woman along the roadside, <clears throat> and uh, they're always like, you know. Oh, she's missing the birthmark. She's not the right one. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's another way to do that one. There is uh, yeah. always like kill, kill those them. guys off. Yeah, yeah. it's just fun. It is. It is. <laughs> I, I always like the uh, the woman's response too. She's always like really agitated after they figure out that you know the the person they're looking for is not the person her they're, they're harassing. So she says, you know, why don't you make sure it's the right person before you start harassing someone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's always good. Um. So what else? Oh yeah. Um, so after I disenchanted that stuff, I actually made my way out of Brittleshin Pass, and I, I started heading south even further. And um, I don't know if you guys, if you guys have uh, know about this or remember this, but um, I wound up going toward a cave called Bloated Man's Grotto. And when you're low level, this cave is a pain in the neck because there's nothing but um, there's wolves in there, but they're no problem. But it's the Spriggans. That yes. really hammer oh, God, you. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I hate Spriggans in the, this game. Especially when, when you're low level. I remember when Jenny was playing Skyrim for the first time, she was hitting those Spriggans uh, and, and close to the same level that I'm at now. You know, it was I was um, around level four at the time. I was playing uh, Bloated Man's Grotto. And... <laughs> uh, she was getting she was getting her her butt handed to her, and I for sure felt like I was going into Bloated Man's Grotto. I knew what I was in for because uh, I have never completed this thing without being at least like level ten. So I ran in there figuring, ah, let me just give it a try. And sure enough, um, there was I think there's like four or five of them in there, and yeah. I got them. You know, I had to down a couple of potions here and there, but you know, man, I'll, I'll tell you that it's a testament to the to the uh, the Red Guard using a two handed two-handed sword they are ridiculously powerful yes they are they really is are her sword, is her two-handed sword uh, curved well it's funny that you mentioned that because 
in Bloated Man's Grotto, there um, there is actually a uh, a one handed sword there, which is the reason why I'm bringing this up is because this is a really cool find, and I had remember finding this you know way back a couple of years ago, um, but I thought it was a two handed sword. You, there is a sword in Bloated Man's Grotto, and if you've played Oblivion, you'll remember the style of this sword. It's actually one of the blades uh, swords from from oblivion uh this one happened to be from the uh the last blade named uh bolar i believe that was his name i'm looking at my notes right now uh well the sword is called bolar's oath blade um and it's a it's a one-handed sword it's a katana style like you'd remember from from oblivion it does 25 points stamina damage uh, to and level to up to level twelve creatures and people flee for up to thirty seconds. So this thing is really powerful in in the hands of, especially someone who's level five. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, now this is also the same dungeon that if you start the quest, uh, was it Ill Met by Moonlight? I think. Okay. That uh, it changes. So when you get the Ring of Hercene uh, quest line. Yeah, if you if you don't get that sword before you do that the the Daedric quest, you can never get the sword. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing I got it. Yeah. So now, if you go to Falkreath, uh and you start talking to was it is it Sinding? Sinding, yeah. That uh, you end up when you go back, the the grotto will be completely different. Mm. I'll have to check this out for sure. And you said it's in Falkreath. Yeah, he's uh, he's all locked up in the prison in Falkreath for. Having mauled the uh, the farmer's daughter. Cool. Oh well, that's not cool, but it's cool yeah. that there's a you know a quest there that I can, that'll take me back to this. That's that's cool. Uh, so after I left Bloated Man's Grotto with my my sword uh, in my inventory, this I, I really I mean I like what I liked about this is that it's it's a really cool homage to to Oblivion, and it's sort of sad that that um you you get this sword and it's the the last of of the blades. So, and it comes with a little note. There's a note in front of it. It's like this big shrine of Talos and the sword is laid out on the shrine of Talos. And there's a, there's a note there that, that says, uh, explains, you know, who this person is and whatnot and that they're the last of the blade. So I kept the note and, and, uh, scooped up the sword. So, uh, I headed West after that. I, uh, roamed around for, for a bit, uh, found some, found some cool ruins. And, uh, on top of the ruins was a book, uh, called 2920. The last year of the first era, Mike. Yep, we talked about that yesterday. I read through the whole thing. I thought it was very, very interesting. It. Uh, it Which uh, volume do you remember? It was the first volume. Oh, okay. So it bounces around a lot. Really, it introduces a lot of the characters, but it's kind of like, um, like a like a Game of Thrones style type of uh, the way it's written is sort of. It reminded me of Game of Thrones because it introduces characters. And it talks about them for maybe like a page, page and a half, half a page, depending on the character. And then it jumps over to another character like a couple of months or, or a couple of days away from the event you were just reading somewhere else in in, um, in Cyrodiil. So it was, it was actually a really good read. And um, it was written actually very well considering it's an in-game book. <laughs> yeah, the, that's one of the better series. I mean, yeah, it's the, the first one that you're going to get on any of the pages – you know, like uh, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages or the the lore libraries. When you type in, you know, books of Morrowind or books of Oblivion or books of um, Skyrim, 
because it's one of the numbered ones. And, you know, if you haven't read those, you really should, everybody. I mean, they are so good. Yeah. You know, it talks about, yeah. you know, the tribunal. It talks about, you know, the uh, potentate. It talks about the prince and the emperor. It talks about his illicit uh, mistress. It talks about uh, the Dark Brotherhood and the Morag Tong and assassinations and all kinds of other crazy stuff. And uh, just to finish off, I guess, um, as I as I saw that and read through that book, um, I started heading even further west. And um, I, I came upon this place called Swindler's Den, and there was a guy standing in front of it. And uh, <laughs> he, he just he just comes charging at me out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, dude. So <laughs> I take out my two-handed sword. And at this point, I'm already level five. I take out my two-handed sword, and I just smack him once. I get a kill cam shot of, of me just... just pulling this guy's head off with my sword and it was it was hysterical <laughs> so uh that was that was my 45 minutes of of doing nothing in in skyrim letting the the world come to me um i did play a little bit more but we'll we'll get into that uh in the crafting table which i think we're just about to break into in just a few minutes um mark you got anything else uh two things one um, talking about dragons and Falkreath, it seems every time I, oh, sorry, dragons and Dawnstar, it seems every time I fast travel to Falkreath and Dawnstar, there's like a 75% chance that there's a dragon waiting for me attacking the town. <laughs> Either of you, any of you guys have that same experience? Because yeah, it seems absolutely. no matter what game I'm playing, it's always that way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't fast travel. Okay. Uh, <laughs> second of all, there was, um, one thing that happened a little while ago, I did this, you know, um, Mike, Pro or Mike probably hasn't done this quest before, but, uh, you know, you can make friends with the orc camps by going to find them this, uh, this artifact, these, um, these gauntlets out there. Yeah. So I found those, I bring them back to the, uh, to the encampment and I'm let in and they made me orc friend and whatnot. I go over to the, the chieftain and, um, uh, challenge him to a fist fight. So the two of us are fighting each other, and the game glitched out because all of a sudden I punch him, and it goes to a kill cam shot where your character <laughs> grabs the orc, flips him upside down, and slams him head first. To now the that ground. now that's when you were a Khajiit, right? No, no, uh, this this was in a in a slightly different game, but it just oh, okay. when you mentioned the the kill cam, it reminded me. And just he's dead. I'm no longer an orc friend, but no one does anything. It's just like to pay the blood price now. <laughs> well, they all just stop, and it's like everyone stares at me. It's like okay, and just goes back to what they're doing. <laughs> and Mark's like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's got the Macho Man Randy Savage mod in there. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that escalated quickly. That's um. That <laughs> That's the best part about it. Now, I know you said you weren't a Khajiit, but um, I think one of my favorite things about being a Khajiit is in the very early levels, it ex it's extremely viable playthrough, play style to just go, um, to go, you know, uh, no, no weapon at all, you know, just, uh, just, just unarmored. And because they get, Khajiit get the, the extra unarmored skill buff. And if you spec yourself out where you actually get into, um, you get to you get to spec into being an unarmored combatant, and there's also um, enchants out there as well that you can add to your gloves that add to your unarmored skill. Yeah, I, I'll no, tell I'm, you, man, it's a lot of fun doing that. I need to track down a mod that 
that lets you do more sort of like the monk type stuff that you could do in the past in oh, the, the older games. There's like, plenty out there. Oh yeah, no, I just I just need to take the time to sit down and track down a really nice one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's 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 uh, I remember um, the early days of Skyrim off the record. I think um, Lou had brought one up at one point. Yeah, it's uh, like Way of the Monk or something like that. I I, yeah. I tried it, but it gets rid of the two handed skill line. Yeah. Oh, did I say unarmored? I meant unarmed. Yeah, thanks, Hobbit, in the chat room for calling that out. I, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, unarmed. I meant unarmed. What? They cut your arms off. They cut your head off. <laughs> it's just a flesh wound. <laughs> All right, guys. This seems rather counterproductive. Uh, we've, got, we've got the crafting table and a little extra gameplay uh, for myself and definitely for Mike, too, uh, right after this. Ow! Son of a bitch! <laughs> uh we've got two mods uh i believe both come from from skyrim here uh mike you you did this one here following mercer yeah yep, i did following mercer and you did volander anyway uh let's go over to mike because i've been talking for a while uh okay. well, following mercer a thieves guild quest by mary pele's workshop what do you got on this one uh, so what did Mercer do with all the stuff that he took from the vault? Uh, it's always been a big question, you know. You, you know, he, you figure he's living like a king, you'd figure. Uh, so the, the modder said, I thought it'd be fun to track it down, so I made this mod. Uh, the description, there are nine new dungeons added by this mod. Five are large, and the other four are smaller. There's two quests that I've set up that will take you through all of them. The quest is started by reading an old note on Mercer's desk in his basement in the rift-wheeled manner uh, by the bust of the gray fox when you go to get uh, the plans that uh, take you to the eyes of the Falmer. Uh, as it says in your question, I recommend waiting until after you've done your thing with Brynjolf and Carlia before checking Carlia. out the new dungeons. Um, so, as part of my playthrough, after I completed the uh, Silver Lining quest, and Mercer's already dead, I've got the Falmer eyes, and you know, I'm just trying to become the uh, leader of the Thieves' Guild, um, the first quest says, uh, find the plans in, uh, the reach. And, um, so, uh, what it does is it brings you to a dungeon called Erek Themsl. Uh, no, no L at the end. Sorry. Um, <laughs> sounds sound like a Dwemer thing. Yeah. It's this Dwemer that begins with an I, ends in a Z, has a blah, blah, blah in the middle. Or an internet thing. Yeah. Uh, so it brings you to this dungeon <laughs> And um, first, I thought, okay, you know, I was, you know, how big can these things be? Well, I spent well over. Check the internet; it's quite it large. Was, it was gigantic. You know, I could have used oh, this my. as my. I didn't do anything in Skyrim, <laughs> and this is just the first dungeon. Um, and it's just massive, and so I go in there, and uh, you. He did a really good job because you have to find these keys to make your way through the dungeon, and the keys have like special lighting. That are like shining on them, kind of like uh, Lord of the Rings, the when they're going through uh, um, uh, Kazam Doom, and you got that that beam of light. Ah, uh, yes. Um, so the keys are all you know well defined and lit. Uh, you're picking on all kinds of different Dwemer creations, um, and in the end, you have to fight a Shade Spirit of Mercer, and Ooh. you find the first part of the loot that he's stolen, and it took me the rest of the night just to haul everything out of there because I started with, you know, like 120 pounds worth of stuff on me 
and I could carry about 350. Yeah, I had to use the, the uh, draw your bow, knock an arrow, and just hope that you don't run into anything to get most of the way through the dungeon. <laughs> so I suggest that you find carry weight items and spells and strength potions to if you're going to do the these things because the um the modder definitely loaded it down with a lot of cool stuff that you really want to uh bust out of there and take with you note to um, self get the steed stone when playing this mod yes and uh so after i got done with uh that first uh part there in the reach got back to uh, Riften and I started picking pockets so I could get my pickpocket up to 50 so I could get the extra pocket carry weight uh, skill hmm. uh, because I'm like okay this is the first of nine because it takes you to each of the holds and you have to figure out his like base of operations that uh, he had for each of the holds uh, but it, you know if you like the Thieves Guild quest line this you know just adds I don't know how many hours you know to it I mean if you figure it took me almost three hours to get through this first dungeon, you know, you're oh, talking man. 27 to 30 hours worth of extra play. Oh my god. All uh, thief oh. style. Wow. Dude, I gotta download this for uh, for Janessa after I'm done with the, uh, the Thieves quest. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, cool. Alright, so so w- what I'd like to throw out there is, uh, you, you know what got me about Mer- the, uh, the, the mod that you brought up, Mike, is the Nine dungeons, five large and, and four are smaller. That to me, when I hear you know new dungeons in a mod, I'm like, ooh, I gotta get <laughs> yeah, new places, new places to go. It's so, not that the 270 aren't enough. I, I know, right? Like, and I I know I haven't discovered all of them. So, um, all right. So what I'd like to uh, I'd like to recommend for people to download if they're playing Skyrim this week is Volander or Volundr or Volund. So it's V-O-L-U-N-D-R. <laughs> and the modder's name is Karak. And uh, I personally have played uh, a good portion of... Well, I shouldn't say a good portion, but I got into it and I loved it. Uh, here is here is what uh, Karak says about his mod. He says, Volander is... is uh, or I should say Volunder Is a new multi-wing dungeon with a variety of settings, enemies, and dangers. Lighting, sound, and music. Clutter and effects done with a high level of detail, rewarding boss battles and loot with unique effects, including new spells. Many varied environments and encounters specifically made to tailor all class archetypes and a wide range of levels. The dungeon is just east of Rorikstead. You can fast travel there, but be ready for a fight. I hope you enjoy this dungeon dive as much as I did making it. It's approximately 90 to 120 minutes of playtime. So, um, I played this with with um, with Janessa, and this I thought was just incredible. First of all, take what he says. Don't fast travel there. Okay, when you first download the mod, you are absolutely able to fast travel there, um, and it is exactly where he says it is. You're going to find it very easily on your map. Just go to Rorikstead's right there on the east, and you'll see it pops up. Don't fast travel there, because if you do, you are going to get swarmed by a ton of skeletons that are outside of this place. And it's actually, it's a dungeon inside the ground. So it's it's a tomb, and then you, you travel through the tomb, and it goes further down in. Now, um, 
you actually have to play a mini dungeon in order to unlock the larger dungeon underneath. And he says there's a mul- it's a multi-wing dungeon. Well, he's 100% right. When you, when you get far enough, you've got three wings in front of you. And you got to go through each one in order to acquire a key. And you get this key off of doing a boss fight. And these, are, these boss fights are actually pretty tough. So don't expect you're going to go in there and just walk through the whole thing. It's there. You do have to have some form of uh, of strategy. Once you get all three keys, you unlock the real dungeon, which is underneath, and this gate opens up, and you jump down, far down. You, you and jumping is never a good thing. Usually, you hit the rocks <laughs> somewhere along the way. Well, I haven't gotten that far yet, um, but I can't wait to unlock the um, the dungeon underneath because I've I've played. Probably about an hour and a half, and I've got—I just got my second key, and I'm on my way to getting the third. And I loved every minute of it. This—this this is, is so much fun. This mod. So that's um, Volunger, V O L U N D R by Carrick, and that you can get this and Following Mercer, a Thieves Guild quest, off of the Steam Workshop. All right. Um, I'm gonna hold. I, I mean, I have. I've got some gameplay on this, but um, I'm. I'm gonna. I think we're just gonna move along. It's. Well, maybe I'll hold it for next week or so. Um, we've got a, a, a bunch of news topics that are are really really cool, and um, some active discussion coming out of this in just a few minutes. Um, Mark, um, Rob, you got anything on these on these crafting table mods before we go? Nope, uh, I don't. I'll probably give uh, both of these a try because uh, I don't think I've done the Thieves Guild yet, so I might give that one a try too. So, I, I highly recommend uh, Volander for sure, and um, I, Mike, I, I would say you highly recommend following Mercer, right? Oh yeah, okay. it's been great so far. Cool. Anything? Yeah. Uh, anything no, they go? they sound awesome. I'm gonna have to give them a shot. Cool. All right, uh, your news right after this. In their tongue, he's Dovahkiin, Dragonborn. And ESO Live has stated that we've got some new features coming. So last Friday, ESO Live's 15th episode aired, and among the community creations, giveaways dispensed to over 900 fans in their chat room, and... Strangely satisfying seance with uh, directed by Loremaster Lawrence Schick. Uh, we did manage to get some nice updates on the planned progress of ESO this year. Uh, but really, that seance, did you see it? Oh my God. His interviews the, this month, you know, if you've caught some <laughs> of his interviews, they have been amazing. I would love to get him on here for uh, some interviews. Because, mm. I mean, he is just it was a laugh a minute, you know, when he was talking and putting people into their places. And then, you know, the sacrificial mud crab. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that thing was pretty awesome. Um, Mark, we haven't heard a whole lot from you this, uh, this episode. Why don't, you, uh, why don't you go through the uh, the bullet points we have here? Now, this, this is what we have, uh, what, what, um, what Zoss has said that they have planned for, for this year. Okay, uh, no problem. Well, for one thing, the veteran ranks will be removed, but there's no date for that. 
Uh, global auction houses are not something that they're planning to do. Uh, I think they've been pretty consistent with that, in saying that. Controller support for PC will not happen with console release, but maybe shortly after console. They are still having problems internally with that. Uh, console beta emails has have started to go out. The Imperial City is still being worked on. They're testing the systems, finalizing the art, so it's not done just yet. They are starting to resume their work on content, uh, or specifically Orsinium, Merkmire, the Clockwork yes. City. Yes. And the Dark Brotherhood and Thieves Guild. Yes! Yes! Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes! Uh, They are working on crown store systems like the Barbershop, the name change, and race change. They're planned, but not ready yet, so there's no date. Uh, They've been working on back-end stuff for lag, but the uh, results were not what they wanted. So the engineers continue to look at the problems, but... Uh, Which may include some abilities that are causing those problems. We're not giving up, they've said. And patch 2.0 came out today with fixes for werewolf costumes, changes to the firepot damage, thunderous mail plate set, sorry, thunderous plate mail set changes, and being unable to dismount. Knockback fall damage is being looked at, but uh, looked at, but not yet in this patch. Mark, on this list, what gets you excited? Anything? Uh, Orsinium and Mm. the Dark Brotherhood and the Thieves Guild coming out. Yes, sir. The Orsinium. Not being in the uh, not being a zone for the Covenant was one of my one of my real complaints about the game because like every other race you got to go see their stuff but the orcs you couldn't go to Orsinium. Hmm. I'm sure oh, my who wants to go see the orcs anyways. And there you have it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. <laughs> and here comes a pithy comment from Mike about orcs. <laughs> Rob, what do you oh. think? On I'll this get list, on elves. Uh, Rob. On this list, what gets you? What gets your uh, jummies exploding? Um. Well, this last note that we have in here says not back fall damage is being looked at, but not yet in this patch. That is erroneous. That has been put in the game as of today. Ah, very good. That is in there because it was all over Reddit and the forums. People posting videos of them knocking each other off of uh, the high keeps of uh, Cyrodiil. So it's there, people. <laughs> uh, that's that's the one thing that gets you excited. Nothing else. Uh, there's a there's a lot of stuff in here. Um, mainly a lot of stuff regarding uh, uh, you know piqued my interest. This working on the uh, Crown Store systems, um, but that'll come a little bit later. All right. And Mike, what about you? What makes you excited? I don't know about excited, but like really, you know, like, you know, raises my dander, I guess you would call it, is the working on the back end stuff for lag. And this entire concept with the lag that they're they're experiencing, I I don't know. I, I've been trolling Reddit recently, uh, you know, and just reading people's comments and stuff. And it, it, the entire thing just drives me nuts because it's like you don't know what they're playing on and you don't know how they're playing or what, you know, it's, is the lag on their end or on Zoss's end? And you, you hear, you know, you know, these nasty comments that some people leave about how, you know, the game is laggy and, you know, it's buggy and this and that. And it's like, you know, do you ever think that maybe it's your internet provider or your dial up that you're using or, you know, that old Commodore 64 that you're trying to play it on? And it's just like, ah, that, that kind of stuff just irks me. Cause it's like, you know, this game, yeah, it does have, you know, some problems that I've run into. 
in Cyrodiil and stuff, but you know, it's only when we're in like these massive giant groups. Uh, I've never seen the, you know, the kind of problems like that a lot of these people in Reddit were leaving. Um, and, and it's just like, uh, sometimes that kind of just, yeah, I hear you. a little bit. Cause it's like, there's so many other things to be working on. And, um, and there you yeah. go. And there's, and there's yeah. one of them. Um, I, I, yeah, I have to say the, I, I know what Mike is talking about. I mean, with my old computer, um, before it died, I mean, the entire time I was playing ESO, I would always have these, for some reason I'd hit these periods where I'd constantly be getting these freezes and I figured it was lag. And, but I just sort of like, eh, it's probably a bit lag, but my computer had to change computers because the last one died. It has not been a problem since. It was just my computer the entire time. So, yeah. You know. Bethesda features YouTuber Morrowind Modding Showcases. Uh, Morrowind Modding Showcases, a YouTube channel dedicated to interviewing popular modders of The Elder Scrolls Three Morrowind, has had a recent video showcased on BethBlog.com. The two-hour-plus interview with modder Mike and Ike end quote showcases his mods including the epic the (laughs) the epic series with installments like epic balmora epic aldrune and epic sadrith mora with scores of videos dedicated to marwin's modding community this channel is something every giant marwin fan should subscribe to if you're looking to get back into marwin or try it for the first time you should take a look at some of the mods marwin modding showcases features these mods are breathing new life into a 12-plus-year-old game by updating the graphics, systems, adding to the environment, and a lot more. So so we def- I, I took a look at it. I think it's really cool. Um, I'm glad uh, Bethesda introduced it to me. Um, so it's it's uh, it's good stuff. And, you know, Morrowind is a great game. Um, I like to play vanilla, um, but I am going to eventually start start uh, getting into mods, and I'm, I'm going to be going there as one of my places to to check out uh, what are some some cool mods. Um, Mike, our our scenarist, and and uh, many many hours into Morrowind, um, what uh, what are what are some what are some mods, uh, one or two mods from Morrowind that you would highly recommend a person who's never played Morrowind before? Uh, to download and give it a try so they can get a good idea of what Marwind is like. So, Mark, you're the scenarist. Oh. Because <laughs> he had one of those again, you know. Yes. Did I say Mike? the same show. <laughs> did, I, did I say Mike? Did that happen? Yeah. Yes, you said, you said Mike the scenarist. It's like, okay. well, you said Mike. I'm just going so. to fall on my sword right now. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I am actually not a great person to ask for this one. Um it's been so long since I have played Morrowind that when I was playing it again recently, I was basically playing it vanilla. Um, I downloaded a um, an unofficial patch thing to sort of update a number of, you know, make sure all the bugs were sort of ironed out and update the graphics a little bit. But that was pretty much it. Oh, okay. So not yeah, you're not the best person to be asking this one. Oh, and here I thought you were the best. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was. Again, like uh, it's been so so long, I just figured I'll just play this straight and as it came out of the box. I see Rob sitting here with a with a quiet smile on his face. (laughs) He's like, "You could ask me." (laughs) Got got nothing. Anyone? Anyone? Mike, the not sonarist. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So one thing I would say, if you're coming from the older games, (laughs) is to pick up Fair Magica Regen. 
Uh, it is um, one that allows your Magicka pool to slowly regenerate. So um, it's, it's the one aspect of Morrowind that I found almost dauntingly impossible. Not You know, you cast a couple spells, you had no Magicka left, and you had to go sleep in order to get your Magicka back. So this allows you to, you know, slowly, you know, regenerate it. You know, you might run out during a fight and not be able to cast any more spells. But if you, you know, continue walking around for a while, slowly your magicka will come back to you. So that's one that I would definitely say you need to get if you're going to play Morrowind. All right. Well, this next headline has got everyone, uh, their anticipation is, is very high that we, we talk about this, especially in the chat room. And, and here it is. Zoss announces limited limited time mount and new crown store items. Mixed response comes from the community. Uh, teased on their Twitter account Friday, then explained on the forums by community manager Gina Bruno, a new limited time offer item will be available on the crown store, the Sench Leopard Mount, selling for 2,500 crowns. This item will only be available on the Crown Store from April 16th to April 20th. Limited time indeed. This announcement comes um this announcement on its own spurred some some community groans since it's being released a little too soon for from the release of the Sench Tiger Mount, which if you remember was a free exclusive for those who were loyal to the game from the launch until it went by to play with Tamriel Unlimited. Now, today, Monday, April 13th, Gina Bruno also broke the news that many new convenience items will be coming to the Crown Store, such as motifs, yes, including Dwemer motifs, and even skill attribute respect scrolls, and a Pledge of Mara. Many have argued that the cost of the items themselves, which is high, will only serve to put money in Zoss's pocket for the collective laziness and ignorance on the part of the player who chooses to purchase these. Since these items are actually available in-game with some gold and a little time spent exploring. However, detractors of this move argue back, stating that these items, along with the revelation that a possible 50% XP potion boost may be coming to the Crown Store as well, and that this is sure sign of the erosion of the game's actual content development. These people also mention the lack of actual content since September, and with no real date for spellcrafting, the Imperial City, and new adventure zones we were promised back at QuakeCon of last year, they also say that the writing's on the wall for ESO, and that is this. Emphasis on development is being switched to menial crown store items! Where do we stand on this? Is this the sign of the times indeed? How do we feel about these items on the Crown Store and the prices of these items in general? We'll get into that right now. Uh, Rob. Ah, what the fuck? You gotta be freaking kidding me. Man, that's some bullshit. Ah, come on! Rage of the Week! Not to put words in your mouth, I know you are upset about some of this and not about all of this. Um, <laughs> what what do you got on this? <laughs> okay, well, first I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna hit off on the, uh, the the thing that bothers me the least. Um, this Sench Leopard mount, I really could care less. 
I know that there's a lot of people that are upset about this. Me personally, I really don't care. Uh, I got my tiger. I'm happy with my tiger. And at least on planet Earth, the tiger is a superior feline to the leopard. So <laughs> there's that. Um, so for those of you that disagree, uh, please send all hate mail to uh, at KDR Mickey. Um, oh, great. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <clears throat> send it to Liz. She's not yeah. here. She gets it. Yeah. Send it to at mistress underscore Laveau. Oh, no. Now, now <laughs> Liz isn't here. I got to defend her. Don't do that. Okay. End of defense. <laughs> now, I think it's funny that uh, this this particular thing popped up today. Uh, just as I was having a Twitter conversation with a longtime listener, um, uh, Martin Mayenza, hmm. um, about... And it, it all just kind of spurned from the footnote from uh, ESO Live, which I, I wasn't able to see it live, and I haven't found it on YouTube yet. And unfortunately, at work today, I didn't have access to see the uh, the replay on Twitch. Sorry, I had a little phone. Won't do it. So as of the uh, this recording, I have not yet seen it. But the footnotes that are plastered all over the Internet regarding ESO Live Episode 15 is that... It says, I'm going to scroll up here into Arnos, and I will read it verbatim. Mm, verbatim. Oh, verbatim. Okay. Working on crown store systems like Barbershop. Name change, race change. They're planned, not ready yet. No date. Okay. So, here's, here's where I started to not blow a gasket, but uh, temperatures building, is that the moment that I heard, that the potential for the uh, the barbershop to be on the crown store really started to make me nervous. I mean, like, really started to make me nervous. Because for me, as, as a player, um, every now and then, you, you know, we all get a little tired of the way that our avatars look. Avatar is another name for character, for those that aren't in a loop. You know, sometimes you want to change the hairstyle, hair color, eyebrows, eye color change the height, you know, all that other type of stuff that you want to do just to kind of keep the game fresh. Now, if this were to become a Crown Store exclusive option, then I am going to lose my shit. Now, I was mentioning this on Twitter, and and, uh, Martin had chimed in and said, you know, well, you know, as long as they don't put respects in the Crown Store, and not an hour later, here we go. <laughs> here it is from the mouth of Zoss herself that respect scrolls for both skills and attributes are now are going to be available in the crown store. So of course I'm sitting here thinking, ah, damn it. Here we go. But then, like, I scrolled down and and, and sure enough, there was the motifs as well. Now, when I first saw this, yes, I I really was angry because here's something that um, here's something that you know I myself had not necessarily spent a ton of time looking for, but the fact that I had found these these objects uh, and these items, and you know had used them for myself and had sold a few, um, it it really made me. Uh, a, a little unhappy, but the more that I thought about it, they did say that these are 
cosmetic items that are going to be going on the crown store. And that's really all these motifs are. It's the same item, just looks different. And for the people that spent months and months and months trying to get all of the motifs uh, without buying them on a, um, on, a, on a guild store, that sucks. That really sucks for them. But like Mike was saying earlier, if you look at the total cost of the uh, the Imperial motif and the Dwemer motif, because they, they don't sell just the parts of the Dwemer motif, they sell it, it's all or nothing. And it's 5,000 crowns. That's about 50 bucks. Okay. I'm not going to drop 50 bucks on that crap. I might I don't drop know. 50 hours. Yeah, I might drop 50 hours looking for all of them, but I'm not going to yeah, spend we, money on that stuff. So we got the, I, um, the but, just one sec. We actually got the, uh, the, the crown prices on, on this stuff too, which we're going to get into in just a few seconds. Okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. But. After looking at that, it's like, okay, well, here's here's something that um, as long as they remain obtainable in-game and they don't lower the drop rate, and I mean, like, honestly here, let's, let's use some integrity, don't lower the drop rate of it. Make it one of those items you still can't achieve if you don't want to drop real money on this stuff. I mean, I don't want to drop real money on this stuff. I mean, it's just freaking ridiculous. I got freaking yelled at for buying a fiery horse by, by the missus back here. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you know, it appears she went to bed. But, but the, but the point... The, the guar, though. Yeah, she, does, she doesn't know about the guar. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, stuff like that. You know, it's like... All right, so here's here are the here are the costs on this. Okay, uh, we're being told that motifs will be sold in bundles. You can get the Covenant Dominion packed races. Okay, for five hundred crowns a piece for the motif bundles. Uh, they, about every hour, you pick up one of those. So yeah, that's that's. that's not a, I mean, our guild itself, you can you know go in and raid for about three dozen Argonian motifs. Yeah. Uh, there is a motif bundle as well for the rare races, and that is 5,000 crowns. So that's, that's a lot of friggin' money. Yeah. Uh, then you've got consumables. Uh, consumable crafting motifs for the, the, um, the different races. You've got High Elf, Argonian, Wood Elf, Breton, Dark Elf, Khajiiti, Nord, Orc, and Redguard. Those are all 200 crowns. Then you've got the Primal, uh, Daedric, Barbaric, and Ancient Elf. That's 1,500 crowns for those for those motifs. And Dwimmer, Imperial. Yeah, the Dwimmer and the Imperial are 5,000 crowns apiece. Uh, then we move on to the consumables for the skill respec scroll and the attribute respec scroll. Those are 700 crowns, and the Pledge of Mara is 1,000 crowns. You see, those, those are what's got me bothered. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I, I could really care less about the motifs now that I think about it. I mean, th those those are menial. You know, th yeah. th that's a cosmetic stuff. What I am very concerned about is, like I said before, their footnote states barbershop or, you know, crown store changes to include barbershop. 
So here's what I say is that as long as respects, be it attribute or skill respects, remain in game, you can purchase them for, for gold. Like, not crowns, necessarily, if you don't want to, but it is attainable in-game without spending a single goddamn crown, then I'm cool with that. Now, when they add the barbershop in, I'm sorry, I don't think that anybody should have to pay crowns to change their damn hair color. Now, race changes and name changes, I can understand. I can understand that, ty- uh, that type of stuff. But, like, don't, don't charge me 200, you know, crowns just because you know I decided to change my hair from black to blonde or, or whatever, it's freaking stupid. I, I, mean, I yeah, I mean I got to I got to marry you on this one. I got to say the barbershop. I I think I think if the barbershop is going to just be a a, a a a crown store only feature, I think this is a this is a a missed opportunity and a dropped ball. Let's let's look back at Skyrim. If you wanted to change your appearance, what did you do? You went to Riften, right? Yep, and. It's right there. It's in it's in Riften in the um in the Thieves Guild den. What was the name of that place? The face sculptor in the Ragged Flag and yeah, in the Ragged Flag and ragged in the uh, Don't listen to the rumors of the face sculptor more like a face butcher. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, like, you know, I I had this idea that I tossed around in our team speak about if they wanted to add something. I mean, obviously I'm not a programmer, so I don't know exactly all the details that's going to be worked out, but they said supposedly they're looking at this. You know, they they want to add it. So if why not add an aspect to the game right next to the shrines in all the major cities called an Adric Mirror? That what you can do is you can pay an offering of gold to the divines, and they will allow you yes. to change your yes. appearance. I love that. That's a wonderful idea, the Adric Mirror. Very good. Yeah, and that's the um, only one that I'm upset about because the rest of these are all obtainable in-game or with gold in-game. But it it's the ones that aren't in game that you they want you to you know use crowns to buy, um, and you know okay you know the motifs are there, but when you look at the cost of the motifs, you know the the super rare ones the imperial the the only one I'm missing right now you know for fifty bucks, you know, at first yeah. I thought when I saw that I'm like oh this is going to be a disaster it's going to hurt the community if they put stuff like this because you're not going to be able to be selling stuff. Um, you know, some of these motifs go for 10,000 gold or, you know, 20,000 gold, you know, to get, but I don't know many people that would want to drop 50 bucks for Imperial, um, motif versus, you know, dropping 30,000 gold. And I think that gold doesn't cost you anything. I I think that's why, you know, um, it's, it's uh, overall, overall. Okay. I really don't think this is something really worth, um, getting all, getting all worked up about. Um, I'm, I'm a little upset. Over um, over the the hardline push toward toward development of the crown store, and I think what what does worry me is that um, they are uh, they 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 are going to start developing um, more crown store items at the expense of actual content. However, um, I my worry about that is 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 um, cautiously optimistic. Because of the the previous statements made for for ESO Live episode fifteen, they were saying that that these things right veteran ranks are getting removed, um, controller support is eventually coming, Imperial City still being worked on, uh, they're finalizing art, they're still testing the systems, it's not done just yet. Okay, they are they have started to resume work on content for Orsinia, Merkmar, Clockwork City, Dark Brotherhood, the Thieves Guild. 
all this stuff, they said, is coming. It is coming. It better be here by the end of the year, though, because if it's not going to be here by the end of the year, they're going to have throngs of of, uh, people really, really angry and with very good reason. Meanwhile, they've got all this garbage coming out for the Crown Store. I think a lot of people are also worried about um, more Crown Store items coming to the game and that that um, that posing problems for for the economy. Personally, I'm not really that worried. Um, I'm really not. And I, I don't think you guys should be either, but I think we should be cautiously optimistic and we should say that, you know, Zoss, you're getting really close here to the line of, of it's starting to become inappropriate. It really is. Dwimmer motifs in the crown, in the crown store. That is not appropriate. The rest of this stuff, fine, but Dwimmer motifs, that's not appropriate. It shouldn't be. It should not be in the crown store. And I, for one, am not going to purchase that. I'm glad it's a very high price, um, but I, I just, I just don't think it's appropriate at all. Okay, uh, Mark, because we do have to move on with this gentleman. We've got a lot more show to cover, and we've got a really cool um, discussion up ahead. Um, Mark, I want to end off with with you and your your um, your your thoughts on this topic. Uh, super quick. Um, I'm pretty much with you guys on this. Uh, I'm not as concerned with motifs in that being on there just again because they're available in game. And and this is as a guy who literally spent the last year collecting every single last motif in the game and cheating because he rolled up an Imperial. <laughs> um, I'm okay with, I, I don't see that, you know, $15 for each individual rare one or $50 for the bundles or for Dwemer or that. I don't, I see that that is not going to affect the economy. I, I really don't see that as, you know, causing the motif market to crash in on itself. Uh, I'm also not... I know people are concerned that a lot of support has now been dragged away from working on actual content and onto the Crown Store. But it seems to me that that support... You know, the people working on that were pulled off to get the, um, the champion system, something the community was basically demanding, a complete rewrite of how the endgame was handled... And then on top of it, then they have to go and get everything set to finish off the the other, sorry, the uh, the console launch. Because looking at what's in the Crown Store, how many things in there are completely new asset, you know, like completely new items, completely new assets? They don't, they didn't exist in game beforehand. The Jester costume, the um. The you know, the gesture con- guars, guars. Sorry, the writable guars. The the guars themselves existed in game though, but the writable versions didn't. Yes, that's fair, but that's something that you know they've been working on for a while. Like they said that they've been working on the writable ones, and same with okay, same with Ascent. But other than that, now it's just sort of they're putting new skins on things. Right, that's yeah. not going. That's not exactly a huge amount of of work uh, related. Yeah, yeah. And, so at yeah. The, and that's at usually the, the way this goes. Is, yeah, at the bad. moment, as long as it's sort of like they're reskinning things, I'm not going to buy. You know, I'm not going to buy the stuff. It may be a thing here or there, but I'm not overly concerned that it's a huge resource drain as a result. Okay, everybody's taking yeah. vacation. They've been working <laughs> exactly. Hard for, they worked hard that first year. Now it's vacation time. Reskin oh, yeah. a dog. Put it on the store. All right, guys. Uh, on our our final bit of news here. Uh, thank you very very much, everyone, for for your thoughts. Of course. Um, 
Elder Scrolls soundtrack hits the top 300 of FM Hall of Fame. Yes, Jeremy Soule's brilliant compositions from the Elder Scrolls games has made it for an impressive fourth year in a row to the prestigious FM Hall of Fame Top 300, the world's biggest poll of classical music tastes. Beth Blog reported today that Jeremy Soule's work has ranked 11th overall, right behind Beethoven's Symphony No. 6 in F major, Opus 68. Who's this Beethoven you're talking about? I don't know if I've heard of him. Uh, he did a couple of movies in the 90s. He's a uh, St. Bernard, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, that yeah. Guy, that one, okay. Yeah, he had a couple of kids. <laughs> uh, okay. So congratulations, Mr. Soul, on this prestigious honor, and we can't wait to be transported back to Tamriel through your score in Elder Scrolls Six. Tamriel's Rumors, right after this. Oh my god, Becky, did you hear what Yorun just did? Oh, ho, 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 poppycock. <laughs> Whatever. Spell swords versus battle mages. Ah, yes. Some in the Elder Scrolls fan base say they're the same. Others debate they're utterly different. You can find them in Arena, believe it or not. Daggerfall, Morrowind, and yes, Oblivion. And in Skyrim, you're left to build yourself from the ground up, and whereas there aren't any classes, you are free to create your own spell sword or battle mage, however you define it. So, gentlemen, let's gossip a little bit. What is a spell sword, and what is a battle mage, and how do we define them in our own terms? Let's, I'll uh, tell you what a spell sword is. Spell sword is what I play in Skyrim. Yeah, and how do you how do you how do you build a spell sword in in Skyrim. Basically, like I said before, I use light armor for mobility, um, and I use uh, a melee weapon for close quarters combat, and rather than using a bow, uh, I have uh, spells at my disposal for ranged, uh, as well as uh, some other, you know, closer range spells. Like, I like using, of you know, uh, I think it's called Frostbite. Um, yeah, it's called Frostbite. Um, and, and, and other, you know, close quarters spells that make combat a little bit more interesting, uh, which is completely different from what I picture of a battle mage as being more of a defensive, um, like when I, when I hear battle mage, I, I always think of, um, a robe with, uh, with heavy armor on every other part of their body, except maybe like a hood, um, that they use spells primarily as their main uh, weapons, but mostly specialize in defense. All right. Well, let's going off of that. Let's talk a little bit about what we do know of spell swords and battle mages in um, in past Elder Scrolls games. Now, in Oblivion, uh, the battle mage, some of the the primary. Um, the uh, primary attacks that you were able to use as a battle mage was the uh, the blade. Okay, and this is, this information is coming off of um, uh, the unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. So the battle mage used uh, the uh, the blade and blunt weapons in in combat. Um, for magic, uh, you've got um, alchemy, alteration, uh, conjuration. That's another one. 
for the battle mage. Uh, destruction, mist, and mysticism. That's that's the battle mage. Uh, the spell sword in Oblivion uh, used blades and blunt weapon as well. Oh, excuse me, blade and blocking. Blade and blocking. Uh, and then heavy armor was was a uh, primary skill. Um, for magic, as the spell sword, alteration was was one. Uh, destruction magic. And illusion as well as restoration for the spell sword. Um, let's see. Let's uh, let's go over to Mike. Can you uh, can you can you introduce what uh, what these classes were in Morrowind? In Morrowind here. Yeah. So, let's see. Here. Uh, these tables are a little a little difficult to a little difficult to read. So you'll have to give us a few minutes as we go through this. Trying to get it to to, to load, load up. up here. Um, um, what about you, Mark? You, that working? you got uh, Mark. You uh, you got you got any of these uh, up on your on your screen right now? Oh, uh, okay. Here we go. Mike's uh, So yeah. I've got it open here. Okay, so yeah, if you guys Morrowind. could just click on those links and just get them up there, um, we'll we'll have uh, Mike do Morrowind. Um, Mark, if you can do Arena, and Rob, you can you can do Daggerfall, I guess. Okay, so the Battle Mage in Morrowind. Uh, their combat skills were the axe, uh, the HBA, whatever that is. Heavy armor, okay. Uh, and then uh, uh, medium armor. So that was the combat for the, the battle mage. And then they had alchemy, alteration, um, come on, destruction, conjuration, enchanting, illusion. No, they didn't have illusion. Sorry, and mysticism. Yeah, these tables aren't that good to read. And then no, in stealth, not. they had doo, 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 come on. Uh, marksmanship, so they could use bows. Uh, and then the so they had marksmanship. Ba- battle mages had marksmanship. Yep. In Morrowind. And then the spell sword had block, blunt weapons, heavy armor. Long blades and medium armor, and then they had alchemy, alteration, destruction, enchanting, and restoration. And then they had nothing in the stealth class at all. Okay, now you could see you could see already if you were able to follow from Oblivion to Morrowind what I was reading, what Mike was reading. Um, I know it's a little rough, guys. I'm sorry, but. Um, you can see how close these these classes actually are in these games, and and where the debate comes from. Uh, and they're nothing like what I think Rob was describing, or what many of us think that the spell sword versus the battle mage should be. Yeah, I mean, to me, like Rob was saying, a battle mage is is heavy armor, lots of magic. Yeah, like heavy armor, fireballs, you know, throwing up a ward to block something that's coming into you, you know, maybe a hood, you know without a helmet type of thing, but a spell sword is like a rogue who uses some spells that to, you know, to augment their their play or their their, their battle capabilities. Right. So I would really expect more stealth out of them and more like illusion, uh, you know, conjuration, maybe some destruction touch spells, uh, but not heavy armor or, you know, blunt weapons or block. I would expect, you know, short weapon short blades medium armor 
Yeah, and to me, uh, a spell sword is is um, basically a warrior. Uh, the way I play my spell sword, Antonio in uh, Antonio in uh, <laughs> in Oblivion, is he he's a heavy he's a he's a warrior. He, he uses a two handed weapon. He's got heavy armor to the fully decked out in heavy armor with a two handed weapon. But he uses touch spells um, since he's always in melee. He uses touch spells, and that's his that's a spell sword. I've been leveling up very well in, in Oblivion with that. Um, let's cut over to Mark from Oblivion. Uh, excuse me. Let's cut over to Mark in Arena. What? What's um? Tell us a little bit about battle mages and and uh, spell swords in in that game. You got that info? I got that right here. Great. You're making me do Arena. Really, of our way. Arena. <laughs> it did exist. Come on, man. Okay. Haven't you so... listened to classic? <laughs> Uh, battle mages in arena uh, they weapons they could use any weapon out there uh, wow. they could only wear leather armor and they could only use bucklers or round shields they had starting health of 25 plus a d10 and they had their intelligence times 1.75 in spell points and they had a 25% lockpick effect- effectiveness all right now now give me one second here now now arena Battle mages had had shield skill as one of their ma- major skills. There, um, I think that's the first out of any of these, right? For for battle mage, they have oh, yeah. heavy armor use in Morrowind, and in Oblivion, uh, there's a block skill in Oblivion. Battle mages do not have block skill in Oblivion. So in Arena, they had block skill and they could only wear leather. And then by the time we get to Oblivion. They they did not were not able to take advantage of of block skill at all and yeah it doesn't even say what their what their uh, preferred uh, armor type should be so spell swords with with Mark and Arena go ahead uh, the real difference between them is that um, the spell sword could wear chain and it could use any um shield except for tower shields it got a starting health of 25 plus a d12 instead of a d10 and spell points were at intelligence point times point uh, sorry intelligence times 1.5 instead so and e- otherwise they were pretty much the same thing what you got for us rob all right for daggerfall I'm gonna start off with a spell sword. Okay. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be different. All right. All right. Spell swords. Spell swords. Warriors who are highly skilled in the use of magic. This dual specialization makes a spell sword a formidable opponent indeed. Um, their core skills: axe, long blade, and blunt weapon. Uh, major skills: destruction, illusion, and alteration. And their minor skills: resto, thaumaturgy, mysticism, short blade, hand to hand, and archery. Now, the Battle Mage use their Mastery of Magic for combat purposes. They're naturally adept at casting offensive magic spells. Uh, Their core abilities are Destruction, Long Blade, and Axe. Uh, Primary or major skills are Thaumaturgy, Alteration, Hand-to-Hand. And their minor are Illusion, Mysticism, Restoration, Archery, Short Blade, and Blunt Weapon. So it's almost like they're very similar... um, where it, it's it's almost like battle mages specialize more in the spell itself, uh, or the, the the use of magic, 
where uh, spell swords are more. I guess that they're more adept at uh, combat and fighting skills that is supplemented by the use of destruction. Mm. Uh, if I can cut in for a moment, Please. cracking open the Daggerfall Chronicles, uh, no. the the cheap book for uh, the game. Ah, the Sonaris weighs in. Exactly, with the Sonaris book. Uh, the Battle Mages uh, put focus on intelligence and willpower as they're really big. You should be focusing on these two skills. And the spell sword for willpower and strength. And it says right here on the bottom of the page, bottom line, play the game as a battle mage or spell sword for ease of completion. Play a thief for the challenge of your role-playing life. (laughs) (laughs) So battle mage and spell sword equals easy mode. Gotcha. (laughs) Straight from Bethesda to your ears. Uh, so, so that's a, a little jaunt into into what these classes have meant in the in the history of of Elder Scrolls. Um, now you know how uh, I how so I feel. You're also sorry, Avaron. You're, you're missing Battle Mage or Battle Spire. Right. <laughs> okay. Do we? <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've got it up right here. Oh well, let's let's go uh, ahead. Super yeah. super quick. Uh huh. Um, Battle Mage, light armor only. Two times in uh, two times intelligence and spell points. They get destruction, long blade, and short blade as primary, uh, dodging, thaumaturgy, and mysticism as major. And for um, for the minor skills, they have um, restoration, critical strike, missile, stealth, alteration, and jumping. For the spell sword, it's light and medium armor, only 1.5 intelligence and spell points. Axe, jumping, and long blade for primary. Destruction, blunt, uh, and alteration for major. And stealth, thaumaturgy, restoration, critical strike, dodging, and missile for their minor stuff. Yeah. I can see at this point, by the, by the time they hit Skyrim, why why Bethesda would want to nix um, classes in general. Because when it comes to, especially these classes too, uh, the Battle Mage and the, and the Spell Sword, they're so similar and they've changed very slightly over the last, uh, over the, all the games. Um, they keep flip-flopping certain skills, I've noticed. Yes. You know, from each skill. So that makes it even more difficult because one game you'll play a battle mage, and then the next game, those skill lines, many of them have been swapped to the Spellblade. So I yeah. could see where the confusion comes from and why they, you know, people are saying, oh, they should get rid of them and, you know, only make one, you know, warrior mage type of character. Yeah. Because... They keep flip-flopping stuff. Honestly, I, I I think we can use this as sort of a sort of an idea, a gauge to say that um, they dropped the classes in Skyrim because of of what we're seeing here between these two classes, and and there's probably not just this, but probably even more so with other classes as well. Look at the Bard. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. versus, you know, the acrobat versus the thief, I'm sure. Um, I think when Elder Scrolls six comes out, and this is just a rumor guys. Uh, I think we're going to be classless again. I think we're going to see something very similar to what we saw in Skyrim. I agree. Yeah. yeah. I think it worked. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else guys, uh, that, that maybe you want to say on, on this, uh, maybe, maybe Mark. Uh, when I'm done Redguard in probably the next two or three weeks, I will be starting to play Battlespire. Uh, and it sort of actually does describe what the difference between a spell sword and a battle mage is in sort of in world. Spell swords are sort of warriors who supplement themselves with spells. Right. 
according to Battlespire, a battle mage is the elite of the elite. The whole point of the Battlespire is to train um, applicants to become the battle mages of the Imperial Legion. So it's basically a huge dungeon for you'll either get out of this alive and as best of the best, or you're going to die. So it's sort of one focuses more on magic because they've been through hell to learn it. And the other one sort of focuses a bit more on the weaponry. Mm. All right, guys. Um, what else we got? We've got uh, we've got the, the Tamrielic holidays. Plus uh, some YouTube comments and some very nice emails that came in based on our our activities, um, right uh, right here in our in our mail section. I've been looking for you. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. And Mike, would you please let us know uh, what uh, what Tamrielic holidays we've experienced this week? Yes, this week, uh, Rain's Hand the Ninth is Periite Summoning Day in Daggerfall. This is the summoning day for Periite. Uh, for those that are uh, running around on Tumblr, uh, Salvatris uh, S A L V A T R I S S dot Tumblr dot com posted a uh, really heart-touching uh, comic uh, where Periite uh, is uh, kind of uh, looking probably like Liz is feeling. Uh, the little dragon is laying in bed. Lady Nocturnal comes to visit him, asking why he hasn't out and about because it's his summoning day. And he's there and he says, uh, My summoning day is just another day. What mortal would want to summon me? Daedric Prince of Sick. And he's got stuff dripping out of his nose. <laughs> she picks him up and he's looking kind of haggard. And uh, she says, it's okay. I'll summon you today. And she brings him to a little party with balloons and uh, presents. So uh, it's very cool. So if uh, you get a chance, uh, go uh, to uh, his Tumblr there and uh, you know, uh, you'll be able to see it. Uh, the other day is the Day of the Dead. Rain's Hand the 13th. The Day of the Dead is one of the more peculiar holidays of Daggerfall. The superstitious say that the dead rise on this holiday to wreak vengeance on the living. It is a fact that King Lysandus Spectre became, began his haunting on the Day of the Dead, 3rd Era 404. And this is the guy who goes around going, Vengeance! You <laughs> say, isn't that the guy that's chasing you around in Daggerfall? Yeah. <laughs> Does anyone have a link to uh, to that to uh, to him saying that on YouTube or something? Can anyone find that for me? Uh, but, uh, two seconds. That would be incredible. <laughs> Mark, it's not a ringtone for you. Vengeance. Ah, <laughs> uh, some very nice YouTube comments came to us um, from episode 145. One came from you might you might know her name, Aloa. Thanks, Aloa. She says, that was a nice and entertaining show. Mistress Lebeau and her crazy stories. You made me want to play other Elder Scrolls games. I may attempt one of the challenges. Also, thanks for the shout out. Well, you're welcome, dear. Thanks for listening. Uh, this came from Dawn Slater. Awesome. I found this series because ESO's Facebook page sent the link out. I think I'm going to be watching this more often. And from Sky High Luigi says this is my this is by far my favorite episode. You guys are so funny. <laughs> Thank you, Sky High Luigi. 
episode 145 was pretty amazing actually it was it was really funny <laughs> yeah it was a good episode it was a good episode oh uh, yeah and uh and shout out to liz we miss you so much uh we're so glad that you're you're in the chat room uh if i knew you were strong enough to be you know in the in the chat room i would have i did actually tell you to, to if you were feeling well enough to to come on but whatever it's all it's all right she just wanted to shout it as in all caps all day long so. I, I guess i guess yeah. that's what it was yeah uh, I was able to find uh, something that should have it. Um, oh, yeah, you were. I posted in the Skype chat. <laughs> let's, let's check this out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's uh, some, some really awesome music right there. Ah, uh, uh, Daggerfall. Yeah, the guy's got to sleep first, I think. So. <laughs> oh. Hold on a second. I got. I got to switch this up. Give me one second here. Hold on. Hold on. I don't care if we're going long. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let me just do this here and then here. All right. <laughs> I love this. Vengeance. It often takes a while between vengeances. I guess so. Only if Avarwin's playing does it every 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Did that skeleton blink at you? How does a skeleton blink? I I can't even I can't even tell you. Oh. Oh, Daggerfall. <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you so much for forgetting that um yeah so see hobbit's going crap that's creepy it is it is abs it's 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 terrifying it really is especially if you're not expecting it like i wasn't when i first heard that i almost crap myself it's like what the hell is going on all right who wants this first email anyone i mean i'll get it's it not no in kajiti so <laughs> yeah if anyone i'll get it if no one wants to do it you do such a good job reading these things, so. <laughs> All right. Okay, here we go. Um, this comes from Colin, who writes to us uh, from the Journal of Wolfgar Strongblade. Wolfgar Strongblade. Uh, Mordas, 18th of last seed. Oh, Adra, Daedra, and anything in between, above and below. What have I got into the events of Helgen attempted execution? A dragon out of legend, civil wars, and how much more? Now I'm off running around on insane quests, all because of some loonies in a bar told me I should. The beginning is the best place to start. Hadvar. Let me see if I can do this in a Nord voice. What do you think? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. I was surprising you didn't. Oh, it's not Deja and anything in between, above and below. What have I gotten into? The events of Helgen, attempted execution, a dragon out of legend, civil wars, and how much more? Now I'm off running around on insane quests, all because some loonies in a bar told me I should. The beginning is the best place to start. Hadvar led me to other prisoner out of there. I never learned the other man's name. I only know him by the horned helmet he claimed in the tunnels. Hadvar and I made our way to Riverwood. Horned helmet said... He would go clear out a mine claimed by a group of bandits. Good luck to him. One man against a group. Crazy fool. 
When I got to Riverwood, I sold all I could to the trader and, I, and went to the Sleeping Giant Inn. When I got there and ordered a mead, I studied the people there, the owners, a Nord at the bar, leaning there looking tired, and a Breton woman going around taking orders. A young bard in the corner was, attempted to, was attempting to gather a crowd, fairly unsuccessfully. Most people were gathered around a group of people by the fire, drinking, eating, and telling tales of adventure and heroism. The obvious leader of the group was a tall Nord in heavy Dwemer armor. He claimed that he was a paladin, a warrior who fought with blade, magic, and faith. <laughs> there were three others. Two mages, a female dressed in forsworn armor that left little to the imagination. Gigadi. Which... <laughs> <laughs> um... <clears throat> The other mage was male. He said the other woman was a healer, and he specialized in destruction magic. The last man was an archer in leather armor. The leader spoke of battles and arenas they had fought in. In particular, he spoke of something called Dragon Star, an arena for only the best warriors to, to win the greatest glory and honor or a quick and painful death. As the stories finished, the locals began to leave, returning to their own lives and business. The leader, the paladin, called me over and told me his name was Ivarwin. <laughs> he said that he was waiting for me, and that he had been told my description and been given a message to give me. He said that I was to complete a series of tasks, challenging tasks, that would shape and push me to become a more powerful adventurer. I decided to humor him and to see what the tasks were that he had in mind. Imagine my surprise and horror to hear him ask me to get a Daedric artifact and not any artifact. The item or weapon of a Daedric prince. I laughed oh, 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 and told him it was crazy. Me, a normal average human being, was supposed to gain the attention of one of the Daedric princes and gain one of the rarest items of all of Nern from them. The paladin chuckled and put his hand on my shoulder like father would. He reminded me that most heroes like the Nevarin and Hero of Kevach started out as nobodies, and they became heroes of legend. His companions gathered around, beginning telling me how rich I would become, how famous, how men would look it up to me, and how I, would, how I could be the envy of it all. It was strange. It felt like I was trapped, like a wall of power was pushing in on me, attempting to force my will on its own. Some other time I might have resisted, but my mind was befuddled by mead, stories of being outnumbered. For some reason, I agreed to the task. They cheered and ordered more drinks. Now I'm sitting under a tree. The sun is shining and the birds sing in the branches. Now, all I have to figure out is how to get in touch with the Daedric Prince. <laughs> From Colin. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah. Alright, now my throat hurts. <laughs> uh this one comes from Justin and uh and Rob, would you mind? We haven't heard from you in a while. Boy, okay. Hi guys. Love the new format for the show. If we had to return to a province for the next game, I would agree with High Rock as a choice. Good man. It always seemed interesting in the description. But moving forward, I really wanted to see Hammerfall. 
I think it would be interesting to see their two great house structure vie for control for the whole of the province. Then in come the Dominion and Empire trying to take it for themselves. Who would you side with and why? As a side note, there is already a quest in Morrowind Mage Guild quest that you can start at level 1 called Disappearance of the Dwarves. See my previous email for more details. Justin at RIL. So who wants to grab this one? Daggerfall for the win. Okay. <laughs> and Mike is my favorite person. <laughs> um it, I don't know. I haven't been to the Alakir Desert yet. And um you know, I I'd like to see the Alakir, but I, I really don't want it to be all like bright and shiny and you know, I want to see like Dune version of Alakir. You know, like the <laughs> 1980s movie Dune, dark and, you know, dismal and, you know, the, the sand blowing up at you. And Oh, you're like, looking for the deep alec here, the yeah. much further in, yeah. And filled so, with Patrick Stewart? Yeah. You know, Everything Patrick, should have Patrick Stewart. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what about you, Mark? Um, yeah, no, I mean, Hammer, Hammerfell would be a, a fantastic place to, to do the series next. I mean... When you consider, I'm a little biased considering I'm going through Redguard, uh, you know, and finishing that off. But um, yeah, I think that uh, you know it, it could be interesting. Um, it's not as simple as it being two great houses. It's you know the it's less it's more an ancestry line for for the Redguards as opposed to houses like in Morrowind. And I've discovered in Red Guard that there's actually a technical third house of the Yokudans, basically nomads who don't actually identify as crown or uh, forebear. So that would actually be really interesting to throw in. So, yeah, no, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it there. I mean, I'd like to see Daggerfall <clears throat> first, but I think Hammerfell would be a great place to go to. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I think uh, Daggerfall and elsewhere have have the uh, the largest amount of um, um, promise to to regain the same feeling that Morrowind gave uh, players originally. Um, you can you can have a very race specific type of uh, type of story, just like Morrowind. Um, I think uh, both offer the the unique ability to to have an environment that is completely alien. Really, more elsewhere over dagger uh, over uh, over Hammerfall, Hammerfell, uh, for that. But um, I I too would I would love to see a, a, a recreation of, of Daggerfall, um, and I would I would really like to see um, uh, the Dominion territories. To be honest, oh, something that just uh, that also just I remembered. If we do go into Hammerfell for the next one, that means that Scourge Barrow could be a dungeon that they do. That's actually the King of Worms personal home laboratory. Basically, this is where Mana Marco mm. hides for the next several hundred years after he finally gets away from Olag Ball. Sounds like a nice place. Oh, it's a it's a wonderful place. In fact, Daggerfall he sends you lovely messages that he first writes, puts it inside a zombie, and sends the zombie out to kill you. <laughs> This is how he tells you, I have a quest I want to give you. Did Madame Marco not get enough freaking elven hugs by his dad or something when he was growing up? I mean, really, what the hell? Apparently, <laughs> what's, what's the matter with this guy? <laughs> the guy's just it's a really big jerk. Jesus. <laughs> All right. I love it. Our chat room is amazing tonight. You know, I'm spending more time reading their stuff because it's like just craziness going on in there. I mean, uh, Musclehead <laughs> is talking about 
He'd like to see it as a more like a Mad Max type of uh, version of Alec here. Liz wants to see Tatooine and uh, <laughs> uh, that uh, Mira's uh, says that they should even have the pod racing if they're going to do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's just an amazing chat room tonight. So, oh, yeah. you know, if you don't join us live, you know, it, you're really missing out on missing tonight. Out. Missing out. As, as good as uh, 145 was for the hosts, 146 is amazing for the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Mike, on to our, our last one, because I think this one's really more directed uh, toward you, because you, you actually are, are doing what this person is trying to accomplish. Yes. So this is uh, from uh, Nearsi. Uh, I hope I said that right. Hi, all. I've made it to uh, VR14 about six months ago, and all of my alts are VR1 or better, but I can't run pledges. I can't feel my left arm due to a car accident many years ago. And I just can't, cannot get out of the red with a mouse and keyboard. Is there any other way to play the game? I have about 1,200 hours in Skyrim on PC using a 360 controller. Is there a way to do it with this game? Thank you, Nearsea. Um, so since beta, I have been playing ESO in first person with a controller. Uh, I use um, a program called joy to key It's free. Uh, and you can just, you know, I think it's like search joy to key on Google or whatever the case, whatever search engine you use. And, um, when you bring it up, it's going to ask you to, um, first off to, to say what kind of controller you're using. And so I use a 360 controller. So I tell it to, you know, use a 360. It then gives you stick one and it says left, right, up and down. You assign your A, D, W and S key. Stick two, I assign to mouse at about left and right 60% and up and down at about 50% uh, so that you get a quick side-to-side -side action but a slow, a slower up and down. Uh, so then it asks for your axles, uh, which are your uh, left and right clicks uh, on the triggers, and you assign those to your uh, left and right uh, mouse button or your, if you do it like I do, my right is my uh, left click because that's the predominant one. I use with that finger, and then the left trigger is uh, the right button on the mouse. Uh, and then uh, it gives you a couple of other options. Uh, I have used uh, buttons on the controller. Let me find my controller. Okay. Uh, just so here. you know, Nurseist is actually in the chat room who wrote the email. Oh, and cool. uh, I looked up Joy to Key and uh, gave them the, uh, the link in the chat room. Cool. Uh, my X button is button one. Uh, my A button is button two. My B button is button three. My left let's, uh, bumper. Let's see the let's see the controller, Mike. What do you got there? Oh, look at that! Oh, oh my. So, uh, one, two, three. Uh, the Y button is the jump. Um, left bumper is four. Uh, right bumper is five. Uh, push down on the right controller to hold for run. Push down on the left controller to go into sneak. Uh, my down on the D-pad is triggers my ultimate. Um, right on the D-pad is the E button. Up on the trigger is the R button. So, like when you have to, you know, pick a flower and say that you want to pick it. And then my left on the D-pad is toggling back and forth between the two weapon sets. Um, you know, now if I want to get on my horse, I have. It can't do it on here, so I just hit the H button on the keyboard. <laughs> um, 
But, you know, it's worked really well. I this mean, you so know, cool. we've been in dungeons and, you know, people are kind of surprised, like, you know, the, to find out that I'm on a controller. Never would have known. Never, ever would have known. And, you know, when I switch from controller to keyboard, like if I'm traveling or something to my parents' house and I've forgotten the controller, yeah. it, it, it's like a whole other game. And I just am so bad with it because, you know, I grew up with, you know, Atari 64 and, you know, playing Duck Hunt and, you know, Frogger and, you know, yeah, the Adventure One there. Controller. And just kept, you know, it's always been controller. And, um, you know, now with the PS4's controller with the swipe pad on it, you know, if I can get that to work, that'd be even gr- that'd be great too, because then you got all kinds of radio menu commands. So um, that's how I do it. Jeez, Mike, can um, I can I be you when I grow up, Mike? I mean, really, <laughs> that's pretty damn badass. <laughs> you, you don't have many more years until you're my age. Yeah, but then older. <laughs> pretty soon I get to be Mike. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, fantastic show. I just want to uh, thank you all for, for being here. Um, this is uh, the end of our, our show. Uh, great emails. Keep them coming, guys. Um, shoot. We didn't have time for um, new challenges. All right. I'll tell you what. Uh, new ch- we're going to keep with the same challenges, okay? Challenges are going to be this. Spend 45 minutes to, to an hour being unproductive in any Elder Scrolls game. Then tell us. Then tell us what happened uh join a great house in marwind or become a werewolf in in skyrim does anyone else have any other options we can sort of tack on to this well we had talked uh, briefly earlier in the week about uh a tally type of uh of uh uh like subquest type of thing uh so i would propose keep track of how many mud crabs you kill this week and the person with the most mud crab kills is the winner oh we got a we got a I, I, I want to do that, but I, I think I think at the end of the show on this, just impromptu is is not a good way of of rolling that out. Ugh. Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I kind of want to like make a big to do about that. That's what. What do you think, Rob? Anything? Well, I mean, keeping track of uh, mud crabs on uh, on Skyrim. Like, I don't know if that's in the in the tracker. Uh, I would think it is. Uh, ESO, not so much. Um, well, I, I think that that's one we might have to take to the back to the drawing board and refine a little bit. But in the meantime, kill as many mud crabs as possible until you are just completely mud crab out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Stuff. I, yeah, I, I like no souls. I like Liz's challenge. Uh, leave a review on iTunes or share episodes with people who have never heard it before. There you go. I like that. I like that challenge. <laughs> That's a good one. I'll tell you what. Let's let's go halfway on this. Let's compromise. In, let's uh, kill as many mud crabs as you possibly can. All right, and then and then let us know how many you killed. Um, we're not going to be able to to do um, a, a a contest with this this week, but maybe next week we'll 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 have something in place. Um, so, so either kill a tremendous amount of mud crabs and let us know how much you, how many, uh, how many you killed, uh, join, join a great house in, in Morrowind, uh, become a werewolf in Skyrim or, or again, spend 45 minutes to an hour, any, any Elder Scrolls game, 45 minutes to an hour in any Elder Scrolls game, be unproductive. Let us know what game you played and what, what happened to you as the world unfolded in front of you. So, So there you go on that. Uh, where can you get our shows? iTunes, Stitcher Radio, QuestGamingNetwork.com, and of course YouTube, YouTube.com slash QuestGamingNetwork. You can find us at QuestGamingNetwork.com, as well as ElderScrollsOffTheRecord.com. 
Uh, you can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash quest gaming network. You can tweet at us at Elder Scrolls OTR, at Elder Scrolls OTR. And you can hang out with us live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash quest gaming network. Uh, next episode of Elder Scrolls Off the Record will be Monday, April 20th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Next episode of Classic will be Sunday, April 26th at 11 a.m. Eastern. And don't forget Mark's stream of Red Guard. That's moved to Tuesdays now, just for a couple more weeks, this week and next week. Um, the week after Mark, you should be able to hit up Mondays again. Okay, well, we'll, we'll figure that out this week. Yeah, uh, tomorrow, Tuesday, 10 p.m. Eastern, will be mark's red guard stream uh final thoughts let's start with our guest mark this was a great show had a lot of uh fun going over everything with you guys and thanks for having me on uh hopefully lynn liz will get over the spanish flu i totally didn't send her uh by next show (laughs) (laughs) oh poor liz we missed you so much this episode uh mike final thoughts Uh, this has been a good week for elder scrolls uh you know between classic and uh ESOTR tonight. Uh, hopefully Liz uh, feels better. And when she comes back next week, hopefully she's not going to scream and yell at us and throw things, you know, because she's kind of mad at us right now, I think. <laughs> and, and Rob. Yeah, I noticed that too. <laughs> and Rob. Uh, this was a great show. Uh, I'm actually kind of glad Liz was sick. Uh, the show wouldn't have been as good if she was here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I'm not going to be here to deal with this next time. <laughs> Yeah, I'm calling out sick for the next episode now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, seriously, Liz, we missed you. Uh, I hope you feel better. Uh, Thanks for hanging out in the the chat room. Um, Again, if we we knew you were going to be there, we would have had you on, too. Unfortunately, I I don't know what happened. Um, But in any event, thank you to the chat room for hanging out with us. Thank you for for, uh, listening to us on iTunes and and Stitcher Radio and and, uh, QuestGamingNetwork.com and and for our YouTube watchers, thank you for, for watching us on YouTube. Uh, please leave a comment below. We'd love, we'd love to hear your comments. Um, and uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe. That'd be, be great if you subscribe to us. Um, helps us out so much. And, uh, of course, another way to help us out is by leaving a uh, review of us on iTunes. It certainly gets us in the, uh, on the forefront. We appreciate that, too. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production. Take care, everyone. Be safe. And as always, may the force be with you.